Welcome to your one-stop shop for gaming, gadgets, technology, video games, comic books, anime, and anything else you can think of. It is the GeekSpeak Report, Episode 6, here at SpeakGeekSpeak.com, Part 3 of the GeekSpeak Co-Host Challenge. Joining us today, fittingly enough for Episode 6, is Number 6, Troy Mata. Here we are with GeekSpeak Report, Episode 6. Hey there, everybody. My name is Ian Levenstein, and welcome to the GeekSpeak Report. This is episode, I believe, episode 6 of the GeekSpeak Report, and this is the third GeekSpeak co-host challenge, and I'm joined by a guy who was on GeekSpeak back when it was just plain old GeekSpeak, and of course, it's Troy Mata, number 6 on the forums. Long time no speak, Troy. How you been? Yeah, how appropriate, uh, number 6 on the forums and uh, on episode 6 of GeekSpeak. Thanks for having me, Ian. Good, good to have you back, man. Good to have you back. It was fun, uh, that one showcase spotlight we did. Uh, the, uh, if I remember correctly, the reason I actually did a showcase spotlight on that one is because the people I had done that were ready to go at the studio never showed up. And I'm like, you know what? Screw it. Let me go home and just see who's willing to do a show. And there you were. And there was, uh, I think it was uh, Chris from Around Comics and a couple other guys just shooting the breeze. Yeah, it was John Mayo and uh, Chris Gallo, Webhead. There you go. We talked about we talked about genre television. Oh yes, the good old days. near and near and dear to my heart. <laughs> yes, indeed, and we'll we'll talk some television on this episode also. But uh, uh, definitely, why don't, you, why don't you give people a little a little bit of your background in the world of geekdom, like how you first got started? Uh, well, my name is Troy Mata, and I'm uh, number six on the Comic Geek Speak forums, uh, and I guess I'm contestant number three with the Geek Speak Challenge. Come on down. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, you know, I guess uh, getting started in comics, I obviously got started in comics uh, first thing uh, when I was a kid. Uh, my dad would drag me and my little brother to um, the swap meets and stuff. And, you know, back then, of course, they weren't uh, dollar comic books. They were 10 cent comic book, book drawer uh, boxes and uh, just go through, get all the the early 70s, late 60s Spider-Mans and uh, Batmans, Brave and the Bold, uh, love the old Sergeant Rock stuff, all the the war comics, Um, and just started from there, you know, and and started, you know, watching those Saturday morning cartoons and started watching all the great 80s science fiction television shows, late 70s, you know, Battlestar Galactica, Space 1999, um, and just... You know, really going from there and Star Trek, Star Wars, and here I am, a f- a quite a few years later, uh, officially a geek. So it's it's but, like uh, a drug, man. Before you know what you're in, and you just can't break the habit. Yeah, exactly. You know the the TV and the film and the books, you know, anime, manga, they all just kind of roll together. You know, in all things that are geek. So I don't know, you know, comics for me, the last couple of, uh, years, you know, the whole, uh, Didio and Quesada stuff, uh, he's, everybody's just kind of messed up. So I'm kind of taking a break (laughs) from comics at the, at the moment, the money, even though DCBS is great and everything, the money, it's just not something that I want to go ahead and spend. So I'm taking a little break from that and, and really kind of focusing on, on manga and, in anime, is it manga or manga? I, I don't it's know manga. which one. It is. Ma- manga okay. is the correct term. Yeah, I you know I know you 
you are at every anime fest within a hundred mile radius of New York, so oh, I yeah. want to get it right. <laughs> well, I want to get it right, and I'll be talking about one of them later on in the episode. But uh, yeah, it, it is indeed manga and anime. Yeah, so that's that's my, you know, that's sort of my wheelhouse. You know, I'm loving everything that Josh Whedon is doing. He he can do no wrong at the moment for me. At, you know, after the last ten years, you know, unfortunately George Lucas seems to be lost. You know, he. <laughs> You've seen those T-shirts, you know, the hand shot first, and Joss Whedon is my master now. I'm all, uh-huh. I'm all for, I'm all behind those, those statements. Well, at least he, re- at least he restored Han shooting first in the most recent cut. Has he? I, I didn't know if he had uh, yeah. broken down and finally done that. Unlike, so. unlike the third redoing of it that he did, uh, he finally reversed it and had Han shoot first because that's the way it's supposed to be, man. Is that the HD or the Blu-ray? I guess it is now. <laughs> I, I think it, I think it's the Blu-ray HDVD, whatever version came out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, it's 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 good stuff. It always is. But uh, we we might as well start off with you here with the geek conversation and uh, from the things that you that you told me. Uh, why don't we start off with your WonderCon report? Okay. Well, I was at uh, WonderCon in uh, end of February, and I flew out. I'm here in Phoenix. And I flew out to uh, San Francisco, uh, met up with my friend uh, Josh, who's a friend from long ways back. We used to read Watchmen comics in uh, middle school together. Nice. Yeah. You know, I'd be like, can I borrow your Watchmen comics? Because I didn't buy them. Oh, yeah, sure. Um, Can you do my homework for me? Yeah, sure. (laughs) So (laughs) I was reading Watchmen while he was doing my homework for me. So, Um, But met up with him. He lives there in San Francisco for the last 15 years and got there. And just had a really great time. We last year we met up with all the guys from CGS West Coast, uh, Atomic Ninety Nine, Ralph, who else? Zalicious, Kid Benicia, Fade to Black, uh, Chris Gallo. All those guys from the West Coast are just great. And we uh, Friday we went to the con and had a lot of fun. Met up with everybody for dinner. And of course the big surprise was that um, Left Coast Love had gotten. Brian to come out from CGS and visit and go to the con. And it was just, we just had a great, great time. Saw all the stuff for Iron Man. Got to see uh, Justice League New Frontier, the premiere of that. Got to, you know, John Favreau was there for Iron Man, saw that panel, Mm -hmm. saw Steve Carell and Anne Hathaway from Get Smart. They showed some scenes. Oh, cool. What'd you you think of it, actually? It looked pretty good. I was never... You know, Get Smart was just a little bit before my time, mm-hmm. TV watching wise, and I never really picked it up on reruns. And I don't usually watch TV Land, unfortunately. So, um, but it looked really good. Anne Hathaway is amazingly beautiful. <laughs> amazingly beautiful. So it's like, huh? Anne Hathaway is going to be there. We'll go see that. Well, so and so is The Rock. I mean, he's amazingly beautiful, also. <clears throat> yes, it's in, it, in a different way. He had some funny scenes in it too. He's playing a new character. One of the agents for control I can't, uh, what's his name from who's playing the chief uh, the, the, the guy from uh, from Little Miss Sunshine Arkin uh, yes yeah, Alan Arkin there we go yes he you know he's always amazing so oh yeah and and that was about it it wasn't it wasn't I, I was really surprised actually I, I you know obviously they have in San Francisco they have cons that are anime and and manga centric mm-hmm. I, I I thought that they would have a little bit more dealer wise and 
panel wise, but they really, I mean, like Tokyo pop, I think is actually, is actually based there in San Francisco. They didn't even, I mean, they had a booth and they were selling uh, manga and stuff, but they didn't have any anime. They didn't do any panels. So that was a little bit disappointing. Well, that, so. that, that might also be because, uh, I mean, there is the Los Angeles Con, uh, the anim- uh, what is it, Anime Fest, I think? Well, no, no not, not Anime Fest. Anime, anime Expo, there we go. Anime Expo is out in Los Angeles. Uh, that is, I guess, like the huge West Coast Anime Con, so maybe they're just waiting up for that. Right. Yeah, definitely. It's, um, you know, and like Marvel doesn't come out there for it. DC was there. Didio was there. So I think it's, it's growing very slowly. Um, it used to be incredibly small and they own ape. And so they moved ape used to be part of comic-con, you know, they'd have it like Tuesday, Wednesday before the con started on Thursday, mm-hmm. which I don't, if anybody doesn't know, ape is the alternative press expo where they have all the small, they actually moved that from comic-con up to where WonderCon is. And it's like a separate con. So they own ape, they own WonderCon. Obviously, they own Comic-Con, and, and very slowly, they're kind of ramping it up, having more... You know, they moved it into the Moscone Center there in downtown San Francisco. They have more movie stuff from Hollywood now. So it's 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 sort of... It's it's really a nice con. It's sort of like San Diego was 10 years ago. I was about to say, yeah. It, it, uh, from the way you're describing it, sort of if, uh, if San Diego was still in its infancy. Exactly. So I had a good time. So, so this one, I mean, so WonderCon in general, it is uh, just mostly just comic book focused at this point. But uh, from the way you're describing it, like maybe in the next couple of years, it might branch out a little bit. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's it's really that obviously San Diego's in the middle of the summer. Yeah. And they have the huge movie stuff the year before. Like Iron Man was like huge in San Diego last year. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was there when they premiered the uh, the the first footage, which was amazing. Right, you know, and they had the 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 Iron the Iron Man armor Mark II or Mark One or whatever it was. So they generate that buzz, and everybody talks about it, of course. But then the movie opens in May. You know, Indiana Jones opens in May, right. and that's after that's before the Comic Con. So it's and WonderCon is always uh, end of February, early March. So a lot of these studios are figuring out. Let's get over to WonderCon because it's a major con. It's owned by the Comic-Con guys. Mm -hmm. Let's get our movie that's opening in two months or three months. Let's get everybody re-talking about our movie because it's coming out in two months and we need, you know, we need the buzz. We need people talking about it on the internet. So it it really kind of fills that niche for the Hollywood types. And I think it's just going to get bigger, that beginning of summer push for all those movies that are coming out. And it's funny that you mentioned that uh, Marvel isn't there because uh, I think it was literally a split between who was going to go to the East Coast and who was going to go to the West Coast because uh, MegaCon Mega was the weekend before WonderCon. And, oh, right. Excuse me, MegaCon was the weekend after WonderCon. There we go, if I remember correctly. Uh, if I'm remembering this right, because I forget where Brian went first. <laughs> I, I, think, yeah. I think he went to MegaCon first, and I mean, went to WonderCon first, and then he went to MegaCon. So WonderCon was first, if I remember correctly. That means that DC was out on the West Coast. And they handled that. And then with with the East Coast, Joe Quesada came down to uh, Orlando while Dan DiDio stayed up in New York. 
So right. I, I guess that was literally the split. Like Marvel maybe said, okay, well, let's let's have this be our con, uh, even though they didn't really reveal anything. A lot of their guys were still there, while DC only had like some of the uh, less less major players down there. Like uh, some of the uh, lesser editors were down there. Yeah, last year, of course, the New York Comic Con was the week before mm-hmm. WonderCon last year. And you're going to have to worry about that all over again next year when it's back in February. Yeah, I heard that they had pushed it back again to yep. or pushed it forward again from the April. Is it April that it's going to be in now yeah, this year? Yeah, it's April 18th to 20th, if memory serves me right. Yeah, I know all the guys on CGS are pretty excited for it. Yeah. So no, it's, it's going to be great. But already, uh, the the main issue with having uh, cons, and I, I me- actually mentioned this on a on a little editorial that I did on the Comic Timing site. Uh, so if anybody wants to get into more depth there, they can check it out there. But uh, just to uh, like go through it real quickly here, it's very hard to get space in New York since there's only one real convention center, and that's the Jacob Javits Center. And because New York Comic Con is so new. A lot of the previous people who would be getting stuff at at the Javits Center get first dibs. So they get the dates before New York Comic Con can. So they literally get the leftover dates, which is not really that good for when you're planning a huge convention. So that's why it's going from April to February. Well, hopefully it won't snow over there on you guys. Yeah, it was pretty damn cold last year, and I still have the uh, aftershocks from it every now and then. But. Yeah, it's funny. I was I was watching an old episode of The Equalizer. Do you remember that show? I don't know if you're you know, old enough for. It sounds vaguely remember. I've, I've been vaguely familiar, but I don't think I ever watched it. Sort of like an A team, but it's the one guy based in New York. Mm-hmm. Um, he's he was a British guy, and they actually the episode I was watching, the bad guys they kidnapped somebody, and so they had set up the exchange um, on the docks, and it was in. They were building the Javits Center at the, and they were used that as the, the meeting place to do the exchange. Oh, nice. And I'm like, you know, and they had the sign like "Coming soon, Jacob Javits Center" and everything. I'm like, oh, that's look, it's the Jacob Javits Center. Build it bigger for the New York Comic Con. I'm yelling oh, at the TV. Please, <laughs> and, and don't even get me started on building it bigger because we tried to. <laughs> oh, we tried to, but uh, recent plans got shut down. And at least we're hopefully going to get an extension of the trains to run out to, Jav- to the Javits Center because you got to walk four avenues over to the Javits Center. It's the biggest pain in the ass in New York. Yeah, I heard that they just the garden didn't they pull out of that big i thought that was supposed to be a big convention center uh, well the the madison madison square garden is uh more for like the sports and stuff so that's why they don't usually end up doing stuff for conventions uh i, I know i know what you're talking about though the original plans were to have madison square garden move across the street but now uh-huh. now, now they're gonna stick with the garden being where it is and they're just gonna like almost rebuild it from the inside similar to how they fixed yankee stadium back in the 70s Right. So, yeah, they, they fix it so well that they are building a new one now. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, don't we're... don't get me started on the Yankees. Okay. I'm a Boston Red Sox fan. And, I don't know if you know that or and, not. So. And as a diehard Yankee fan, I won't I won't interrogate you. Don't worry about it. <laughs> we'll just we'll we'll just decide to to leave that argument aside That'll for be another time. Fine. That'll be perfectly fine. <laughs> I can I can move on to uh, the convention that I went to recently, and that's one in 
Boston, of all things. Coincidence of coincidences. <laughs> That's a good segue. Yeah, and Anime Boston 2008 just happened, and uh, <laughs> it was it was an interesting convention. Uh, that's the best way to put it. Um, I don't know if you heard about this, but uh, it's a good thing I had a press pass because uh, there were some people that had to wait 10 hours wow. on the registration line just to get their badges. Wow. Yeah. Uh, the uh, They had a new system this year where they were doing like a self-check-in where you could go to a kiosk and uh, put in your information, and then you just get your badge printed right there. Not a good mm-hmm. idea. Not a good idea. You had 10,000 people uh, waiting to get their badges all at the same time with four computers, four kiosks set that up. That was it? Yeah, that's it. Four kiosks. And, wow. And that, that would explain why people had to wait so freaking long. It was, it was, it was bad, but... I mean, lucky enough, uh, I had to pull uh, some strings uh, when I got there because I had a friend that didn't pre-reg uh, that was waiting there. I, I had to press pass, obviously, just because of the podcast. And uh, mm-hmm. but my, my girlfriend also, you know, she get, she got her stuff covered. But one of the people that was rooming with us, our friend Jenny, she didn't have a pass. So I had to go up there and be like, oh, yes, my co-host, uh, I didn't know she was coming. Um, could you please just pick us up, please? Hello? Hello, please. <laughs> and, and they're like, yeah, fine, yeah, whatever. So they get they gave her the pass, and we didn't have to wait eight hours for her, which is definitely a plus. Was it a large? Con- how large is it? I mean, compared to other conventions, it's it's not nearly as big as well. Certainly not nearly as big as a San Diego. That much I'll, I'll say. It's also not nearly as big as I don't know if you've heard of Oticon, the Baltimore convention. Uh, yeah, I've heard of it. That that's the biggest one on the East Coast. Um, Boston would be the biggest one in New England, so mm. that that portion of of the East Coast. So I'd say there's about well, this year they said they got about fourteen thousand people showing up, and the convention center is a decent size for that amount of people. But usually they get the adjoining hotel. There literally is a hotel that's almost a, that's adjoined to the convention center, which is a Sheridan Hotel to have some of the events in, like the, uh, the dance and the registration usually happen there, in, as well as the video game room. This year, the Sheridan was double booked, so they couldn't actually have any events inside the Sheridan, and that's wow. the reason why this happened. So uh, it, was a, it was a bit of a jury-rigging situ- situation, but uh, the convention it's, it's center itself is pretty decently sized, just not that many rooms to go with the size, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So once you got in, was it a good convention or? Oh yeah, no, no, it was fun. Um, there, there were a decent amount of uh, fan panels, which is what I like to see. I usually go to conventions for fan panels versus at least anime conventions uh, for fan panels, as opposed to the industry panels that you should go to for comic conventions. So mm-hmm. this was this was good for that. I had a couple friends that were doing some uh, some panels that I went to. I went to uh, one panel in particular, which was it looked interesting, but was a, a bit jumbled when I got in there. But uh, you know, what are you going to do? It was uh, called Cosplay Court. Now, what this was was uh, there were people in cosplay, which uh, for people who don't know, that's just uh, you know people in costumes, simple as that, uh, for, of their favorite characters, and they were holding a court. We would be able to go up there and actually present cases uh, uh, against other characters. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, which is a take on uh, another panel, which is done at other conventions, which I'm more familiar with, called Anime Parliament. Uh, and the way that he does it is it's one case at a time. This one had about 10 to 20 characters up there at once, and it was a little hard to follow. Not my favorite thing, so I walked out there after a little while. But there were some panels, one of which that I'm sure you would have enjoyed, called Totally Subversive Tunes, which a friend of mine who does uh, another panel called bad anime bad which literally is the worst anime he can find 
<laughs> he finds anime that no human being should watch, and then he makes you watch it. Yeah, I've, I think I've sat through a couple of those. <laughs> the, 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 <clears throat> one, the one that's our favorite to watch is, uh, Defend, I think, Protectors of Universe. That's the name, Protectors of Universe. Great grammar there, right? <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just love. You know, it's like it's like seeing, um, you know, the like fake toys and stuff like that. You know, or it's like from Mexico or China, and right. it's their copyright stuff, and it's just like, oh my god, that's so horrible! I cannot yeah. believe that that that's you can buy that type of stuff. Well, you know, it's the same thing with the anime. <laughs> the only reason to go to the to, to go to well, not the only reason to go to the panel. The only reason to watch this anime is it's got one scene in it that is probably the best scene I've ever seen in an anime, which is hilarious for a bad anime because it it is it's almost like a wish fulfillment. Have you ever watched a mech anime or any sort of mech thing and just wondered, I wonder what would happen if the mech just punched through the window? That the the person in the cockpit you mean uh-huh. or Oh, yeah. I guess. And it, and it finally happens. This one guy is just sitting in his mech, minding his own business in the cockpit, when another mech, the main mech of the series, just punches directly through the cockpit. And I'm like, finally. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's the easiest way to get rid of your enemy right there. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like on uh, Robotech and stuff, you know, the the VF fighters that were the old M... Was it the F... F-16s and stuff with the the chest was the actual cockpit. You know, all you had to do was like, I never even thought about that. I mean, I guess they did have some arbor that came over, but still, you're right there, front and center, in the center body of of the mech. I guess it makes sense. That's pretty funny. And I'll form the head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I actually, I ran a panel there because uh, that's something that I like to do at Anime Conventions also. Uh, the Adult Swim Revolution panel where we just basically go, go through a bunch of Adult Swim stuff and you know talk about it, do our favorites and our not-so-favorites and take uh, audience questions. And we, we managed to get the full room full about uh, – must have been about 300 or 400 people in the room, which was nice to see. But Nice. Oh, oh yeah, no, it's, it's great uh, when we're able to get stuff like that because we, we love going against the, the masquerade. And the masquerade, as you know just from going to comic conventions, is usually like the, the thing that most people try to go to. Uh, right. More so at anime conventions than comic conventions. But what's great about that is that everybody who goes to masquerade obviously can't go to our panel. So we get mm-hmm. all the stalwarts, all the crazies that don't want to go to Masquerade that are just into, like, anything. And those are the guys that we usually get. So it's like it's us or nobody. It sounds nice. Now, is I would assume that the community is pretty tight-knit. Is that how the fans, you know, are in charge of these panels? I mean, how does that work exactly? Well, I mean, I'm used to San Diego Comic-Con where it's very right. – not corporate, but they are the ones who handle the panels, and they are the ones that everything is set up, and it's not really fan driven. Mm-hmm. Um, well, well. We, so you, when you talk about this, it's, it seems really interesting to me that you know the fans are like the ones in charge. Right, right. Well, the way it works is uh, similar to uh, to San Diego Comic Con because this does happen from time to time with that. Uh, not nearly as much as with uh, with other smaller conventions, but there'll be the industry stuff, like you mentioned. In fact, this year uh, they actually didn't know how many industry panels they were going to have, so a lot of the panels ended up waitlisted. What that did is that my panel actually didn't end up in the program book. 
Uh, it ended up on the schedule that was distributed at the con, but didn't end up in the program book, which is a bit of a pain in the butt. But what right. do you do? But you still had a good turnout. Oh, sure. Yeah, definitely. What happens is at anime conventions, it's more run by the fans, just like San Diego was at, at, at the start. It still is in many ways uh, run mm-hmm. by the fans, where there will be a head of panels. You submit your idea to the head of panels. He then creates a schedule, and if you're on it, that's great. And if not, then so be it. And that, that's the way it goes. So there'll be a, a set amount of fan panels to go with the set amount of uh, industry panels, and you go from there. And you've been doing this for a while now, so you're kind of known, and right. he knows how to run a panel, and everybody likes it, and mm-hmm. that type of thing. So you kind of maybe get a little bit of, oh, it's Ian, so he's definitely it. <laughs> More so at Anime Next and Anime Boston, because Anime, anime Next, I, I actually do about four or five panels, while at Anime Boston, I usually only do one or two. And uh, with both of these, I wouldn't even be in panels right now if not for, uh, if not for well, originally just my friend, now now my girlfriend Chris, uh, who got me into the whole panel scene in the first place. Uh, I mean, uh-huh. long before we were dating, we, we were doing panels together, which is kind of cool. And, uh, you know, that's just the way it went. But Your eyes connected over the microphones <laughs> of the panel with uh, anime bosses. Please, please. <laughs> no, it, was, it, was more, it was more like uh, her, her, the person who was running panels uh, went to Japan, and she basically just like, hey, you can talk. You want to be on the panel with me? I'm like, okay. <laughs> so, so that's the way it went, and, and we've been doing it's, panels together for ever since, really. Geek love, it's the best. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know it. Yeah, I, I mean, all in all, the, the convention was fun. I ended up spending a lot of it in the room, uh, mostly because I had buddies there that I knew were going to be there. So we ended up uh, going to the room and connecting a uh, portable DVD player and uh, watching the entire second season of Frisky Dingo, uh, which is one of my favorite Adult Swim shows. You ever watch Frisky Dingo? No, I'm not familiar with it. It's actually it's a superhero show, and that that's why I like it. Uh, I assume you've heard of Sea Lab 2021 before. Yes. Okay. This is from the guys who did that. Oh, okay. And what it is, it's, it's about. Uh, well, it starts off about this this one supervillain named uh, uh, Killface, who is trying to destroy the world with his Annihilatrix. Yes, it's actually called the Annihilatrix. <laughs> and and it starts off with him basically just like trying to uh, you know like like get the word out there like hey I want to get some uh, some like press behind the annihilation so people knows it ex- exists and you know I I need a, I need a uh, an arch enemy also so he goes with awesome X you know how like Batman uh, is still out there because like his mission isn't really done right his mission was done a long time ago his parents died he caught the people who killed his parents and now he just does it for the hell of it. Yeah, it's fun, you know. <laughs> yeah, and and he's such a pompous ass. It's great, and uh, that's does why he have a sidekick? No, he doesn't have a sidekick, but he does have the Exticles, which are these men in in armor that uh, fight on his almost like the shield helicarrier. That's the sort uh-huh. of thing that he has, and uh, that, that's his group of people that he works with, and 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 it goes from there. It, it's it's a type of show where once you get into it, it's hard to stop watching it. <laughs> And uh, like it's it's fun. It's very fun and funny. So if you like a nice uh, parody take on superheroes, that's something to look for. I'll have to look it up. Yeah, but all in all, I give the con maybe a three out of five. It was fun. I enjoyed it. It's just that it wasn't run nearly as well as I, I was expecting it to be run. But uh, that'll hopefully be changed next year because they're back to having the Sheraton as their main hotel, if I remember correctly. So they'll mm-hmm. actually be able to move things back into the Sheraton that were there the year before. So don't have to worry about having the same problems with registration again. So that'll be nice. Yeah, I've done a lot of of geek stuff, you know, gone to the Star Trek conventions, gone to San Diego for 10 years in a row, gone to WonderCon. And that's like the next thing is to try and hit hit an anime convention either here. They don't really have them here in Phoenix. I think there's one or two, but I want to go to 
if I'm going to go and spend the money and spend the time, I want to go to like the biggest one. Right. So probably the one in L.A. East Coast is kind of out of the question for me. So probably the one in L.A. Or hopefully – one of the Atlanta, I need to, if, that's, if that's anywhere closer to you. Not too much. Not too much. Not okay. too much. It, it either have to be in San Diego, L.A. Mm-hmm. or San Francisco. Gotcha. And obviously San Francisco, uh, you know, I think there's a lot of companies that are based there. Mm-hmm. And I just need to, to do the – to do the research and kind of find out what the con is over there and right. start making plans to go because all this stuff is really, you know, the last year and a half uh, has just really interested me and I've watched a lot more stuff lately. So yeah. well, that's I, the next big thing. I, I forgot to mention, actually, I actually got to meet uh, uh, Tim uh, the Tiki over there, the freaky Tiki on the forums. Uh, because, oh, wow. Because he, uh, he uh, actually got in uh, because of his, uh, well, uh, well, yeah, he, he got in to, to hang out for a while, and uh, he was only there for about half a day, but uh, we were able to catch lunch, which was nice, and uh, so we sat, we sat down in a Chinese food uh, place nearby and just hung out, and he got to meet a friend of mine who was very shy around new people, so at one point he turns to her and goes, uh, j- just so I know, are, are, are you mute or do you just not talk? <laughs> It's, it's always nice to meet up with people from CGS, uh, from the forums and stuff. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and he, he's a wonderful guy in person, and um, I'll get to see him again at New York Comic Con, which will be nice. But uh, yeah, no, Tim's a great guy, and that that was uh, actually one of the highlights of the con there. That and also on the last day on Sunday, we went to a uh, an expensive sushi place, which was nice because we were like the only people in there for lunch. So it was like mm-hmm. two other people, and uh, it was a place called Haru. There are many locations all over the place. We get there, and our waiter, who's Japanese but speaks, you know, fluent English uh, with a, a Boston accent and everything, turns to us and goes, so, so what's going on today? I see all these, like, costumes and stuff. I'm like, oh, oh it's an anime convention. He's like, oh, well, that explains why well, there's so many freaking Naruto costumes. <laughs> <laughs> and, and right away, we turn to him and go, you, sir, just won your tip. <laughs> Not a fan of, uh, of is it? Naruto, 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 or Naruto, either one. Uh, they're just—it's—it's it's just one of those animes that just never ends. Yeah, definitely. Well, I mean, for the people who love it, that's the best part about it—is mm-hmm. it never ends. Yeah. But You're a Bleach fan too, right? I am a Bleach fan. And actually, well, this will segue into, I guess, uh, the next thing you wanted to talk about. You wanted some recommendations? Yes, definitely. Now, I've been watching Naruto the last year and a half uh, on Cartoon Network. I don't really get the DVDs. Same thing with Bleach. I think Bleach is up to 55. Something like that. So, yeah, I'd heard, I don't know which, which episode are you. Do you- I'm, I'm not too far from there. I actually watched up to about episode maybe 61 or 62, something like that. Oh, okay. I watched until the end of the story arc because after this this story arc ends is the filler arc, uh, which, right. which has nothing to do with the manga and is regarded as Drek. But uh, I'm probably going to sit through it and watch it anyway because I'm you know I, I like to torture myself. Yeah, that's that's kind of how I got it's how I got started was. 
um, watching the stuff on. Let me do a quick history of of my anime watching, which started in the eighties with Robotech, um, and I guess you could even say maybe a little bit of Speed Racer when I was a little kid in the seventies. Uh, but it was really Robotech that kind of got me into the whole thing, um, and Akira, of course. I mean, I saw you know you hear about uh, Akira in art houses in the theaters in, in the eighties and stuff. And, and I don't think I've ever met anybody else who's actually seen it in the theater when it came out originally in the art house run. I was one of those people sitting there, you know, I don't even think it was, it was subtitled. It was just, yeah, we're showing this and it's in Japanese and sorry. And you sat down and you watched it and I had the video that was not subtitled or dubbed and we watched it you know, a hundred times trying to figure out what they were saying. And Epic came out with the, the comic and it's like, it's, it's the same, but it's different, you know, which was the manga. And it's like, I don't understand. Right. right. You know, which of course, like now that's like the main thing. It's everybody does that. So, and then the nineties, I think I just got a little bit stung with so much, you know, a lot of those companies were just putting stuff out and the dubs were horrible. And, and the the uh, subtitles were horrible, and a lot of the the anime was horrible, and it, it just like okay, and it was so expensive back mm-hmm. then. I don't know if you're. I mean, it's it's expensive now, but it was so expensive back oh, it was then. Ridiculous! It was ridiculous. I mean, there was a reason why even after they started coming out on DVD, I was still getting Chinatown bootlegs. Right, right. So it was just I I really want to do this, and I really want to see this and be a part of this, but it just costs too much money and it costs too much time slogging through all the direct, trying to find the best stuff. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I even went to Japan in 99 to Tokyo and I was, I was in, uh, in the the countryside for a a few weeks and just totally immersed myself. And it was amazing and it was great. And I had no idea what was going on half the time. So, you know, I came back and it's like, okay, I really need to figure stuff out. And that was, you know, 99, early 2000s when, you know, Tokyo Pop started. You know, you'd go to the, the, what is it, Kino Kunia in San Francisco? Kia Kunia. Yeah, because uh, there's actually a Kia Kunia here in New York that I I frequent on a regular basis. And that, just going to those stores and you're like, okay, there's so much stuff and you just got to to do it and thankfully you know cartoon network with tsunami just started showing the stuff and you got the dvr and the vcrs and it's like if i can't be there then i can record it and watch it all and and i think for me it really started back up with uh, cowboy bebop oh yes yes you know which is like that's most people's gateway drug exactly exactly you know it's like you sit down and you're watching it and the music by uh is it Kano who did the music? Yoko, Yoko, Kano, Yoko Kano, yeah. Yeah. I guess my big secret that I don't – I'm going to reveal here on the show is that I like the dubbed mostly of a lot of anime. That's and I list- perfectly fine. That's perfectly okay, fine. Okay. I didn't know if that was like a big – because a lot of people are like, you know, you need to listen to it in Japan. You need to watch it mm-hmm. in Japanese and, you know – you need to, to to read the subtitles. Oh my God, it's so horrible with the the American voice actors, and they don't know the the characters' motivations and stuff, and all this stuff. And I think it's 
a lot better than it used to be back in the day. Right, right. And that's, that's why it's okay. Because actually, I think it all began really with Gundam Wing. Uh, Gundam Wing was the first anime that really proved that if you put good production behind an American version, uh, or at least an English version of an anime, that you will be able to make wonderful music almost. You know, like it, it was it was music to my ears hearing those voice actors because they sounded like the characters. They sounded like they knew what they were talking about. And it wasn't just one guy voicing everything or two people voicing everything going, whoa, look at that. You know, yeah. it wasn't over the top. It felt just like normal. And Cowboy Bebop obviously was the next one to do that. And then from there, it's just like things just kept on getting better and better. And now there are a lot of dubs that I can just listen to now. I think that's what it is. It's not Pokemon and it's not, you know, Yu-Gi-Oh! And, and those type of things that are kind of kid-centric, you know, that, that 4- to 12-year-old. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously Cowboy Bebop is meant for an older audience. Sure. And it, sh- and it shows. Mm-hmm. It definitely shows. Amazing, amazing anime. And from there... You know, Naruto's a little bit sort of, it's funny, but, and I try and watch it. Bleach is amazing, you know, Bleach is amazing, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, the last few episodes that I've seen that they've shown on Cartoon Network are, oh, yeah. have been perfect. Mm-hmm. And some of them are funny. What I like, huh? and actually here's something that, uh, that you don't see every day. Uh, both the subtitles and the translation of the manga got the episode where chad is running around with the bird in the cage they said parakeet in the translations even though it was obviously a cockatiel and in the dub they say cockatiel so that that proves that at least somebody's paying attention in that dub studio because both the subtitles and the manga say parakeet That's- i know my birds what can i say <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh what other uh what other ones are you into I'm really into some of the comedy ones, like Azamanga Dayo. Oh, sure. I love Stelvia. I just finished. Plan- is it Planeties? Do you uh, know? Are you familiar with that not one? Not familiar with that one. No. That one's pretty good. It's it's a near space, um, their debris retrieval squad. Oh. You know all the, and it's it's really interesting. What else? The Maihime stuff I watched. The all the Beck, the Mongolian Chop Squad. I love that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, welcome to the NHK. I think that, that one's that, that's uh, one I need to watch. Yeah, I've heard I've heard uh, great things about it. The Canon. Have you seen that Canon? Uh, I believe it's actually Canon, and uh, Conan. haven't haven't seen it, but I've heard of it. Yeah, I've seen the first couple of those. Fruits Basket, of course. I don't know right. how if you want to make fun of me about that. No, no, no. About that I, one. I won't make fun of you about it because I saw the anime and I actually really enjoyed it. I haven't I haven't read the manga. I bought one issue of it uh, when it when it first started coming out, and I never actually picked it up. I never even read it actually. I just like lost interest. But no, I mean the anime from what I saw was pretty good. So you know, to each their own. Yeah, that one. I, you know, it's I've been so interested in all aspects you know all genres of you know it's just like watching regular movies you know it's not okay they have like the space one and that's that's all that anime is like space science fiction no it's it's just like watching any genre of film they have any genre of anime and you just you just fall into it and it's so easy to see a couple episodes and kind of go okay this is how this one is and i can very easily sit there and watch all of them right. or I can go, you know what? This isn't really my cup of tea. So I'm just going to not, I saw the first couple episodes and I know what it's about. Mm-hmm. Not my cup of tea. So I'm done. 
I think the other only big one that I totally fell in love with was uh, Genshiken. Oh yeah, that, which that, is that, uh, that's one of my favorites. So uh, right in right in the same wheel box there. I can't wait for season two to come out here in America. Are they are they making a season two? Season two is made. It's over. It's oh done. my goodness. Um, uh, season season two uh, should actually be starting to come over here. I believe by September. And you just made my month. That, yeah. You just made my month right there. I cannot believe. And uh, there's also I'm, I'm not sure whether or not uh, th- these are going to be uh, easily accessible. Otherwise, but you might want to try and rent once it starts coming out the Kujibuki Unbalance anime. They actually made an anime out of the fake anime inside Genshiken. That's great. But, I mean, that was one of the things that I wanted to ask you, too, about Genshiken is because right. I think they even did one whole episode or like 15 minutes. They did, in, yeah. Yeah, they, they did full episodes of Kuchipaki Unbalance. The series that they made, though, is almost it, – it's a real version. Like, it's not parody whatsoever. It's just like a straight version of an anime. Uh, yeah. But included on all three discs of Kuchipaki Unbalance is one episode apiece of Genshiken. That's great. So they had three OVAs that were made of Genshiken that were exclusive to the DVDs of Kujibuki Unbalanced, meaning that season two picks up after those OVAs. So if you can't find Kujibuki Unbalanced, just let me know, and I'll see if I can get it to you. Is it out? I believe the first volume might be out here in America. If not, it is coming out in America. Okay. I'll definitely look for those. I just actually finished the manga for for Genshiken 2. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and Genshiken's, uh, you know, great, great finish to it. And like I said, I was very happy to hear that uh, that the anime uh, is continuing and that uh, all's well with that. So uh, even it doesn't even end with season two. So, like, I mean, they, they don't finish the story of Genshiken in season two. So it's very possible there might even be a third season. That's <laughs> so, great. So, so we don't know how far this is going to go yet. <laughs> That's great. I can't wait. Yeah. I can't wait. That's great. Okay, then let me give so, you let me, let, me, let me give you some recommendations then, because uh, this okay, is, this, great. This is uh, I, I assume you're you're near the end of your list anyway. There's a, f- a few other ones. Um, the best student council, which I really loved. Uh, the melancholy of Haruhi Suzumiya. Oh yes, yes, great. Stuff. Love that one. Um, I'm just gonna go through some of the stuff I rented. I watched all the Love Hina stuff, uh, the Please Twins stuff. Freedom, which is one that's set on the moon, was really good. Uh, I watched all the Nej- Nejima, Nejima stuff, uh, the magic Negima, one. Negima. Negima. Yeah. Okay. Uh, watched all those. Um, see some of the girls' Bravo stuff I watched. I didn't finish any of that. Didn't finish it, though. Strawberry Marshmallow is another one that is amazingly hilarious. Yeah. A, a three-disc series. You know, I can't recommend that one enough for people. So I think that's about it. What do you got for me? Okay. There's one anime where um, a, a, a kid, like a teenager, wakes up and he has a girl for a hand. <laughs> Midori Days. Yes, there we go. Midori Days. That's Thank what you. it's called. Thank you. I've seen the I've seen the first one. It's a little weird. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a little weird. However, it's slapstick comedy all the way throughout. It's, yeah, definitely. It, it's nice old-fashioned comedy. I know you said you saw Please Twins. Did you see Please Teacher? Yes, yeah. I, I have seen that one. Okay, just just making sure because that, that's what got me into Please Twins. Uh, it's Onigai Teacher and Onigai Twins in in uh, Japan, but that's only because Onigai means please in Japan. It's simple as that. Samurai Shampoo? I've seen a few of those episodes on 
Tsunami. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, it's the same guys who did uh, Cowboy Bebop, right? Right, right. That, that's another reason why I'm mentioning it, because you say how, how much you enjoy that. Um, there's another one that, uh, that the Bebop guys did uh, called Wolf's Reign. And Wolf's Reign is a beautiful story. It's actually about uh, a world where there aren't that many wolves left. And wolves are sort of like the outcasts of society in many ways. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, wor- the world is, is close to ending. And the wolves are trying to make it to paradise before that happens. And it's, it's a, it can be a little depressing at times, but at the same time, it, it's a gorgeous story and beautifully done art. And uh, the music is also done by Yoko Kano, so it's fantastic. And uh, it's just definitely something that you should watch if you're into like almost like the like the drama type things. And it's another one also where the dub is great. Right. So, is the is there a sequence in the snow? You know, I think there might be. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There is. There is. Yeah. Because I might have seen part of it. You know, okay. it's um, we have this. I have the Stars mm-hmm. Network part in on my pay for the cable or right. direct TV, whatever it is. And they do anime stuff on one of their, and I think I might've caught it okay. or part of it, but I'll have to actually add that to my Netflix. Yeah. Cause Start I can't from the remember. beginning and work your way through it. It's definitely one where you can just sit down and burn through it. And it, you'll be very happy. You did another one. Uh, if you're into the horror genre at all, Helsing. Oh, really? Yeah. Helsing is, uh, well, there's, there's two separate ones. There's the Hels- there's the Helsing anime, which for about seven or eight episodes follows the story of the manga and then goes off onto its own story, which is certainly not nearly as good as the first couple of episodes, but I'd still say it's worth watching just to get the basic idea of Helsing. Mm -hmm. Uh, But what does do it justice is the Helsing OVA, which is coming out now, uh, called Helsing Ultimate. And this is the straight story of the uh, manga told in uh, multiple OVAs. And what the story of Helsing is, is there is an organization in England called the Helsing Organization that uh, tracks down vampires and kills them. And their agent is a vampire himself who is out there to try and get rid of these pale imitations of vampires that are running around. Because there are people actually engineering vampires. And he- That's when it's been around for a while, right? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, it has. And in fact, the anime has been around for a while. The ultimate has just started. So I believe there's three of them out right now. But again, like I said, the ultimate follows the manga story perfectly. So that's another manga that you might be interested in. Because I think there's about eight volumes out of it so far. And it's it's beautifully done. It's great stuff. It's one of my favorites. And it's another one where I actually prefer the dub over the sub of this one because the dub has English voice actors. Oh, wow. That's cool. So you actually get a feel that you're in England as opposed to Japanese people trying to pretend they're English. Right. You know, which doesn't really work. And uh, let's see, a couple more. I'm thinking of uh, Fate Stay Night. Fate Stay Night was based on a visual novel in in Japan, and it's about uh, a a guy who gets thrown into the race for the Holy Grail. Wow. And he gets a a conjuring of of this girl called Saber, which helps him out in, in, the, uh, in the fights. She's basically his protector. Whoever is last alive gets the grail. And obviously he doesn't want anything to do with this. He doesn't want, he doesn't want to have to kill people, but whether he likes it or not, he's involved. And, uh, that's, he's part of it. Yeah, he's, he's part of it. It's, it's another, I think it's about 13 episodes, so it's not that hard to get through. And mm-hmm. it's, it's, nice, it's a nice fantasy genre type thing uh, that uh, reminds me a little bit of like the Final Fantasy. Because like I said, it was based on a visual novel in Japan. 
definitely adding all these to my queue. So <laughs> on Netflix, sweet. Um, you know, that's the, other, the, the I think it was really the Miyazaki stuff, like in the late '90s, that kind of got me through. That got me through. <laughs> um, I I love all of his stuff, yeah. also. So that's something to consider when throwing out the uh, right. recommendations. Have you seen Death Note? I have not seen it. I know that it's showing on uh, Cartoon Network, mm-hmm. and I had a bunch of them on my DVR, and I just hadn't gotten around to watching them. And I'm like, you know what? I think I'll just wait. I mean, I'm, I know they're all out on or coming out on DVD, they're or they're out, out on now. DVD. Yeah. So I can just you know wait till four or five of them are out and then just stick it on my Netflix queue and be able to watch them one right after the other. Yeah, the, um, I think the third volume. Wait, is the third? No, the fourth volume comes out. Uh, I believe in uh, late April, and then the fifth volume comes out in July. So that so that that's not too bad. You'll have about twenty episodes at that point. Yeah, one of the vendors, <laughs> one of the vendors at WonderCon was selling. Like st- they had stacks of Death Note notebooks, you know, mm-hmm. blank notebooks that you could write in. Yeah. I was like, "That's great! You can have your own Death Note note notebook." <laughs> well, my favorite part of Death Note is that literally, absolutely nothing happens, and yet, <laughs> and yet you are so intrigued that even though you're going back and forth between a shot of light and a shot of L and a shot of light and a shot of L back and forth without any action going on, you're involved. It's right. like you, you cannot look away. And it's the only anime that I've watched that manages to pull that off successfully. <laughs> it's just the art of Japanese storytelling, you know. It's, it's, it's just a little bit off from what we're normally used to. But I think everybody, it's just been, the whole thing has just been so huge the last couple of years that, I mean, I can't imagine what it's like growing up, you know, be like seven or eight or nine or ten years old and being exposed to this stuff and being able to watch it and understand it. Right. It's it's going to be a whole different uh, genre future oh, please. with all these kids who are growing up on this stuff and are going to be the writers and the, the artists and it's going to be great. I just can't, I can't wait to see what the future holds. Well, when you go to an artist alley at, at an anime con, you'll be amazed uh, because, yeah. I mean, there's some great people out there. There's some crappy people just like anything. But uh, there's a lot of creative people out there making a lot of creative stuff already, and it's just going to keep on coming. Plenty of people like me started, like, when they were young, watching Sailor Moon at 6.30 on WB11, and, just, <laughs> and then just going from there and getting into the, uh, the genre. So that's, that's definitely a plus. Have you ever seen Escaflone? Uh, I have not. Okay. I have not, actually. Escaflone might be right up your alley if you're into the Miyazaki type things, because it's another one of those fantasy genre things about a mm-hmm. kid transported into uh, you know, a world and becomes their savior, so on and so forth. The, the typical idea, really. And it goes from there. It's a really hard one to explain, but uh, I, I'd actually recommend maybe looking up the, uh, the summary for it online just to get a basic idea of it. When, when I watched it, I watched it straight through. I just like I, I got very involved in it. And there's also a movie that manages to take the entire 26 episodes and just combine it into like a two and a half hour movie, which is kind of, which is kind of interesting to say the least. So that it has the, I always have seen that one and it's like, okay, wow, they've got like a lot of episodes and there's the, Oh, it's OVAs or OVA. OAVs. OVA. OVA. E- it can you know, say they, either way actually, but uh, we usually go by OVA. So, you know, it's kind of hard. Well, like, which one do I start with? And, oh, well, you know what? I'll just get this one instead. Yeah, and, yeah. The OVA is, and, the, is the movie thing that I mentioned, uh, which is basically just the entire story in about two and a half hours. Uh, the, uh-huh. the series 
it's, it's something you should probably watch first because then you'll get a better appreciation for the OVA because you'll understand like what they took and what they didn't. Do they have more than one series or is it just the one? Because I know like a bunch of them have like two or three different series and right. that in itself is confusing. Like the I, – and I've always confused that one with the – is it Evangelion, Evangelion one? Yes. And oh my god, are they two different things? Right. <laughs> so, and, and that's something I didn't know. I was like, OK, is that the same thing? And then there's Gundam which I'm sure I could get into, but they have like all the different ones and it's like, just wow, watch, it's just, just watch Gundam wing. And if you can, the first series, not any other farther than that, because a lot of the other ones are not that good, but uh, Gundam seed, the first Gundam seed is pretty damn good also. Yeah. I think those are the, those like huge heavy ones. I assume they're sort of on the heavy side. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, that's, that's my summer, you know, that's kind of my summer reading you know, it's like, let's get all those and sit down and have some time off and really focus and really watch right. all of those major ones that everybody knows, yeah. you know, and everybody talks about and all the cosplay people dress up as them. And, <laughs> and you know, you walk around going, I don't know what that is. And I don't know who, and, you know, so well, it, definitely something I have to look up. Yeah, I wouldn't recommend watching Inuyasha just because it wasn't my cup of tea. However, if you do want to know one of the like big sensation ones, maybe you'll have a different opinion about it than I did. But Inuyasha is just generic anime number four, in my opinion. You know, it's like mm-hmm. uh, it's like take the plot of a girl with a with a crazy looking demon thing that uh, has a tail and bunny ears and can transform into a human and. You know, just go from there. It's like it's almost like the Ranma ideal, which right. I, I, I like. The, I like Ranma, but uh, Inuyasha just wasn't my cup of tea. Yeah, you know, the animal changing into human, or mm-hmm. or the ro- the robot made genre, and all <laughs> yeah. of that. It's yeah, oh. you just you kind of pick and choose. You got to pick and choose. And I have I have two more that I'll give before we move on. Okay, one of the most depressing things I've ever watched. Even more so than well, a hell of a lot more so than Wolf's Rain because oh my god, is this depressing? It's Grave called, of the Fireflies. Nope. It's called okay. Now and Then, Here and There. Now and Then, Here and There. I have not heard of that one. Now and Then, Here and There is a similar situation to to like an, an Escaflone where a kid gets transported, but the, he, this guy gets transported into the far future, and it's a dystopian future. Like everything's messed up. He has to try and save the last source of water and the last source of water is actually this uh almost like this water spirit in the form of a girl that he needs to save and this evil the evil dictator of this world i swear to god looks like he could be ringo star he's got almost that 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 look to him uh like like old like beatles ringo star look to him and he is out of his freaking mind and does crazy shit that's just like Oh, out there that you would not believe, and it gets really messed up. But it's Sa- it's serious and it's good. It sounds interesting. And the o- the other one I'm going to mention is his and her circumstance. This one is done by the guys who did Evangelion. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, it's certainly nothing like Evangelion whatsoever. It is a love story, and it's about these two uh, very very good students that fall in love and what they have to go through in order to keep their relationship because both the school, well, actually more the school than their parents, a hell of a lot more than the school. The school thinks that if they become a couple, their grades are going to go down and they're going to start looking bad. <laughs> so th- th- this is, this is a very, very, very Japanese show. You understand what the, what the 
social connotations of Japan can be at times. What's interesting about the show also is they run out of budget at some point, and they actually have one episode that's entirely with little standees. Oh my goodness! Yep, that's great. Yeah. So well, it, I'm I'm adding those last two here to my Netflix queue right now. Excellent. Yeah. So that's uh, th- those are, those are a bunch for you right there. And uh, for manga, I'll, I'll go through it real quickly here because there aren't that many I'm going to recommend because I, I actually I don't read that much manga, but I do read you know enough. Uh, I'm reading Full Metal Alchemist right now, and uh-huh. the, the Full Metal Alchemist manga is a lot better than the Full, Al- Full Metal Alchemist show because just like Helsing, halfway through they go with their own story in the anime. Uh, right. With the manga, the manga's a lot less depressing, a lot less, okay, I'll say it, emo, <laughs> and just a hell of a lot more fun. So that, that's why I'll definitely recommend Full Metal Alchemist if you can pick, take it out of the library or pick up a couple copies, you can. Uh, the Bleach manga is damn good. Uh, you know, you avoid all of the filler episodes of the anime by going straight to the manga. Mm-hmm. Um, the Helsing manga, like I said before, is as good as, you know, and better than the actual series, so I'll go with that. Uh, Monster is a great one. Uh, Monster is a drama, uh, it's almost like 24 meets ER, which, wow. is, the, which is the best way to put it, because you you got a doctor who's searching for a kid that he saved over a businessman. And it turns out that the kid is a serial killer. Wow. Yeah. So it's it's really, really deep. And obviously the Death Note manga because, well, it's Death Note. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All ones I all of those I have not read. Usually the ones that I'm, I read are the the anime that I really, really like, like Genshiken. Right. right. Where it's like, oh, they've got the mangas. Usually the anime ends at a certain point, but the manga keeps on going, which is great because it's like, oh, I get to see – what else has happened? You know, with Genshiken, it finished at a certain point and a couple of people graduated. But there's like five more books on Genshiken, which I guess will be the second series, uh, the second season. Mm-hmm. Those are the ones I usually read. I've been very slowly kind of branching out, um, but not too much. The one that I'm reading now, which I cannot recommend enough, is Yatsuba. Huh. And it's... It's by the same guy who did Azamangadayo, and I think it's about five or six books, and it is the best series I've ever read. It is hilarious. I, you, you, I'm reading. You cannot stop laughing. Everyone I've given it to or let borrow loves it and just waited, waiting with bated breath for the next volume to come out. Uh, I don't think there's a plan. That's one of the questions I wanted to ask you is... is Hopefully there's a planned anime, but uh, I think... Yatsuba. I haven't heard anything, but if I do, I'll make sure to let you know. Yeah, definitely, because I just... It's an amazing book. Amazing book. I can't recommend it enough to everybody out there. It's very... It's. I guess I didn't say what it was about. It's about this young girl who's a foreigner who moves to Japan uh, with her stepfather. Uh, she's, I guess, somewhere between three and five, three and six years old. She's not in school yet. I think that's what's going to happen in some of the later volumes is she's going to start going to school. And it's just her in the neighborhood, you know, having the adventures. It's very sort of a Miyazaki type of, of you know, nice childhood and her getting into trouble and and uh, meeting with the neighbors and doing fun stuff. So it's it doesn't sound, you know, when you explain it, it's like, oh, OK, it's like about a little girl. But it's amazing. I can't recommend it enough. 
Sweet. Anyways, on to the next thing. Okay, well, uh, and one other I'll recommend because you like the, the funny is Cromartie High School. Either the anime or the manga, whichever one you can find. It's, it's crazy. Want to know how crazy it is? Freddie Mercury and an ape are in it. <laughs> okay. I think I've seen some, uh, some trailers and stuff for it, mm-hmm. uh, but definitely I think I'll add that one too. I have the entire series. It's, it's, it's laugh out loud hilarious. Do you own a lot of stuff? I guess you do, right? Or? Yeah, I do. And I, I actually get some stuff from friends once they're done with it. Um, and, in fact, I actually got a lot from uh, somebody who was leaving the company that I work for, and he had a bunch of bootlegs of things. <laughs> I ended up getting, <laughs> getting a whole bunch of stuff from him. Yeah, Netflix for me has been pretty much a saving grace on my anime adventure here mm-hmm. uh, because, you know, you, you get the one or two things and – two discs of the series you watch them they're good they're not good and they're good you just add everything in the queue and you know they usually are pretty good with once stuff comes out that they have it unfortunately you know with some of the the five or six volumes of a series i'll get like one and two and three immediately and for some reason like volume four or volume five is like very long wait and it'll be like months and months before i get it and it's like, I don't know. And the volume six is on there and it's available now. And it's like, does every, why is everybody getting volume four or volume five? And like volume five and six are available now. Why isn't any, you know, why isn't that one very long wait? It's one of those mysteries of Netflix that are unexplained. But that's worked out for me pretty good. And the stuff that I really, truly love I scrape together the money and then I go and buy it, even though I've seen it already on Netflix and I've watched them all. It's like, okay, that's so good. I'm going to buy it. (laughs) You know, I have the Cowboy Bebop box set. I have the film, um, even though I've seen all the episodes. I have Fruits Basket. Mm -hmm. Well, that's actually uh, what happened to me with uh, one of the the series that, that I watched mostly on Netflix first. Well, it wasn't an anime. It was a TV show, but Stargate. I, st- I started on Stargate, and I bought all of it on DVD. So uh, <laughs> I-, I can kind of see where you're going with the anime stuff because I, it, it, on occasion, I will buy, I will actually buy things that I started watching from other people's collections and then just buy it for my own because it's just too good. Yeah, definitely. I have very few DVDs, and it's the stuff that is the major things that I love that I buy. And unfortunately that's like 25 DVDs. So, uh, it's, it takes a lot. It takes a lot to get me to go out and buy something. So when I do have it, it's, it's very special. Alright, so yeah, so moving on from anime to video games, I actually have uh, a review of Super Smash Bros. Brawl, because Great. I have been playing that non-stop since I bought it. <laughs> it is amazing. Oh my god. I have not had this much fun with a fighting game in forever. And not only is it a good game for multiple people, but the one-player mode in it is almost like a game in itself. It's got a mode uh, where it's a story mode that's done by the same person who does Kingdom Hearts. 
Oh, wow. So they actually have a thorough laid out thing. In fact, you know it's the Kingdom Hearts person because a lot of the uh, enemies in this come up from this like purple cloud that reminds me, obviously, of the Heartless. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's the, the, the story mode unlocks characters. You can do that a separate way if you want to, but I was able to unlock Snake this way. Uh, and again, come on, Snake being in it, you can't get better than that. Solid Snake in a game with Mario. <laughs> And uh, what I like about this also is that you have multiple ways of playing it. You could do it uh, one of three ways. The first way would be with the Wiimote and the Nunchuck. Now, anybody who's played Wii knows that there's a Wiimote and the Nunchuck. That's the way you set it up, where you'd use the Nunchuck to uh, do your movement with the analog stick. There's a jump button that you use, and there's also a block button. And uh, A and B on the Wiimote you're using as well, and that's what you'll be using. The other way to do it is to turn the Wiimote sideways and use it like a Nintendo controller. Right. Uh, The only problem with this, though, is that you have limited move choices with this because there are certain moves you can only do with the Wiimote and the nunchuck that you can't do with just a Wiimote. Because you don't have enough buttons? Right. right. That's it. Yeah, it just wasn't designed for it. So there you go. It's an option if you just want to have limited gameplay, but I wouldn't recommend it. What I would recommend doing, however, and this is what I did, and uh, it's what, the way I'm playing it most of the time, is I bought myself two Nintendo WaveBird controllers. Now, uh, I don't know if you know what a WaveBird controller is, but it's the wireless GameCube controllers. Oh. And what you can do is you, <clears throat> pl- you plug those in to the GameCube controller port on the top, and mm-hmm. you can then use it to your heart's delight. It'll work perfectly with, uh, with the game because that's the way that they designed it. And uh, it, it's just it's, it's a great experience. So you've got one, basically two options that really work, one option that half works. And that's what I go for with Smash Brothers. Well, that's something that you don't see every day. Three different – a game that you can use three different controllers with. Mm-hmm. You know, three different – obviously the Wiimote's the same controller, but you're using it a different way. Right. But and, that's and, great. And Smash Brothers actually convinced me to buy my first uh, virtual console game as I bo- immediately went out and bought Kirby's Adventure. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the uh, for the NES, and I've been having a lot of fun playing the old school game on that man. <laughs> you wouldn't believe it. It's like it, it's such old school fun, and, and with that also, you have the option of using either the GameCube controller or the uh, Wii Remote turn sideways. And if you use the Wii Remote turn sideways, that's an NES controller. That's it. Right. It just feels like the old school man back in the day. <laughs> that's the best. That's the best. Now, obviously, you can play the GameCube games mm-hmm. on. The Wii. Do you have a lot of GameCube games? I, I mean, I, do you still have your GameCube? Or I, I never had a GameCube in the first. You place. never had one. Okay. Right. However, now that I have WaveBirds, and actually in the eBay auction I won, it also came with a memory card. So you're damn well better believe I'm going out there and get me some GameCube games now. Because those are pretty. Those are pretty reasonable price, right? Used oh, yeah. aren't they like five or six dollars or mm-hmm. something like that? Yeah, yeah. I'd heard. I had heard that they were even thinking of making more GameCube games because people are playing all the GameCube games on the Wii. I don't know if that's true or not. It might, you know, one of those internet things that you read. It's it's half true actually. I, they're they're putting out with certain things uh, specifically for the GameCube that they weren't going to be putting out specifically for the GameCube before. Mm-hmm. Like uh, like for instance, some of the like sports games and uh, obviously Zelda had a dual had a dual release because that's just the way it happened. Yeah, there are going to be some things that are still released for the GameCube, just like there's things released for the PS2. And that's you can do you play 
uh, the Brawl, you can play Brawl. Can you play that online? Uh, you can, actually. With other people? Yeah, yeah. It has a Wi-Fi feature. I haven't actually tested it out yet. And here's my issue with Nintendo. They're, mm-hmm. kid, they're kid-friendly. We know that. Right, definitely. Now, what they make you do with Nintendo games, and because it's not even uniform yet, this is why it's difficult, uh, they make you get a like a 12-digit code that you need to input in or from in order to actually play your game with somebody else and that's not really that fun i'm sorry <laughs> it's like you, to actually Im- have to get a code first before you can play with somebody is not a good way to go about things so do you have to like know the person or yeah. do you, is it through nintendo you, you can either go online and you know go to a forum that people are posting their their friend codes on and just you know put in a random one and hope for the best Oh, okay. I believe there's also a friend finder that you can do on there, which does work, and then that person's code is then you know left on your your system, which is good. Uh, but it's mostly done by trading friend codes. That's the way you do it. <laughs> that's that's interesting. I've never actually played online with somebody, so I don't know, you know, all the ins and outs right. of that type of thing. But, so I mean, can, have you download? You haven't connected your Wii to the internet at all. I know you can no, download. I have. I have. I, it's connected to the internet. It's connected via wireless, and I, I get all the system updates that way. And I was able to download stuff in the virtual console, and I have the uh, the web browser also installed on it, which is good. And uh, yeah, know, the the old school NES games. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's, that's Super Mario. That's and... what the that's what the virtual console is actually. Oh, it's, okay. That's uh, Kirby. That's how I was able to get Kirby's Adventure just by going online to the shop and purchasing Kirby's Adventure. Oh. And having that on my on my Wii because of that, which is you know a nice easy way of doing it. And yeah, they cert- they certainly made the Wii the right way. I mean, it's it seems to be the the console that keeps on giving. You know, right, right. And I mean, I still play Wii Sports to this day. I mean, it, it's it's one of the best pack in games I've played since Mario Brothers slash Duck Hunt. Yeah, yeah. It's, it just has over and all over and over again replayability so i'll give smash brothers the full five out of five i'm sorry i i love this game so much and i just cannot stop playing it like i said it's as good playing with people as it is by yourself and it, it's really the first fighting game i could ever say that about because i hated and i mean hated the modes like the one player modes in uh tekken mm-hmm. where you just you would just, you would just face people that's it there was no story to it until Tekken 5, where they finally started introducing some backstory, uh, it, it got a little better. But with that one, it was, I was never really that happy about it. Uh, with uh, even like the Marvel vs. Capcom games, sure, playing it one player would be fine and dandy, but you'd only be playing it to see your ending, and that's it. You know, there's no other real reason for it. But there's a thorough story throughout Smash Brothers, and that's what makes it fun. Uh, definitely, it's we, uh, my job that I work, it's a kids' program, and we have a Wii along with a. Uh, Nintendo 64 and a PS2. Ooh, nice. Yeah, so it's a pretty nice, you know, we don't let the kids play all the time. It's sort of a, you know, carrot type of thing where, like, do this and you get to play video games. Everybody is really totally into uh, Smash for 64. Oh, sure, yeah. And uh, I think some of the staff have just kind of been uh, waiting to pull the trigger on buying Brawl for the Wii because I think once we get it, everybody will be... That's all everybody will want to do, and right. that's all here. That's all we'll hear about. It's, so it's, it's certainly worth playing, but yeah, like it's addictive. It's really, right. really addictive. Like I mean, I play it at least three times a week. Maybe once the summer program starts, I'll crack the wallet for the kids. Right. Well, and the N sixty four gets no love. 
I mean, I still have my N64, and on a regular basis, I'll break out Blitz 2000 for the N64 and just mm-hmm. bring it over to my best friend's place, and we'll just, like, have old-school football fun, which is the only thing I can really get out of, out of that other than Mario Kart, really. Some of those games are pretty hard to find, though, right? Used, or is oh, it pretty easy? You can go on eBay and get some get things for decent deals. I mean, uh, you know, I mean that that's always going to be the way it is. Uh, plus, Amazon Marketplace is a good place to look. Uh, they're still plenty of people selling their N64 games. You'd be surprised. Yeah, I'll have to look on those. That thing is indestructible. I mean, the kids bang it around and mm-hmm. the controllers and it just, it starts right, you know, I, I'm used to the old NES, you know, where you had to jiggle the games in there and blow on the cartridges oh, and it's yeah. not working and, right. you know, you kind of sit there and stare at the flipping TV thing and well, it's, you know. I still have to blow and that on my thing cartridges just, sometimes with the N64 because I don't play it that often, but uh, yeah. once, once I blow on it a couple times, it works. Yep. All right, so yeah, so that, I'd say that that's pretty much uh, plenty of conversation for us. So let's head on over to the geek news. And we'll start it off with some nice, simple stories for you. Let's go TV first because, well, uh, we have plenty of things to say about TV. And I love TV. Oh, yes. TV is very, very good. Well, number one, TV's returning. Isn't that Yes. Happy? Thank God. The writer's strike is over. Our long national nightmare has come to an end. Mm-hmm. In fact, today I, I sat down and watched uh, My Name is Earl from 8 to 9, and I was just breathing it in. <laughs> I should have TiVo'd that, actually. Yeah, I've, I've, I've actually shaved my strike beard. <laughs> and uh, I am clean shaven now that new TV has returned. Nice. Nicely done. <laughs> well, even, I mean, NBC came out with their upfronts already, which is amazing. Well, I think they, they called it the infronts because they were first, apparently, you know, a month before everybody else. Mm-hmm. They decided to, oh, we're going to have it first and tell everybody about we're not going to do the fall season anymore. It's going to be a year season, 62 weeks and new stuff debuting you know all the time and stuff like that so you know of course they're trying to make it sound like they came up with it and fox has been doing it for like the last five years right right that's the way that's the way everything works they gotta be they gotta be first in 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 everything even if they're not really first exactly (laughs) so what uh shows were you happy to see back from NBC? Uh, well, from NBC in particular, obviously I'm happy to see The Office and that The Office has been renewed like everybody thought it was going to be. We've got to wait until September for Heroes. And actually, a bit of news actually broke while we were re- recording this, that uh, Heroes or Origins is just not going to happen. Uh, I heard about that, that it's it's gone, uh, it's go. They canceled it before it even came on. Right, yeah. And uh, that, that happened mostly because of the writer's strike, and uh, they're just not going to do it at all anymore, which I guess sort of makes sense, considering that it was, uh, I guess, something that would have worked better for this season, and now that this season is over, then you know, why even bother doing it? However, there's interesting web plans for NBC, which is what I wanted to focus on mainly here, that uh, The Office, Chuck, and Heroes are going to have a full, like, 10-minute long web webisodes online 
which are going to be done by the writers, obviously, not that they're ensured that they're going to be able to get the money that they deserve out of these. They can do whatever they want and be okay with it. So these are going to be full, like, 10-minute long, 15-minute long episodes of things online throughout the summer. Now, did you watch the ones from The Office? I heard it's they're called The Accountant or something. Yeah, The Accountants, uh, which was actually pretty fun. It was nice short webisodes that were included on the uh, Season 3 DVDs, uh, which I which I own, so I was able to watch them on that, and I watched them online when they aired. It was just it was nice something nice to pass the time when there was no other TV on. I heard that they had won an, they won some sort of Emmy for that some online Emmy. They did a daytime Emmy, yeah, right, yeah, for outstanding broadband, <clears throat> which I guess uh, doesn't really make was, that much sense. But what, yeah, I was like, that's okay. Outstanding broadband. Their internet was very very strong. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so that's, that's what's going on. Uh, there's, there's some new shows premiering on NBC, obviously, with their upfronts. And let me get into those because, you know, got to talk about everything here. So let's see. Uh, here, here are the new shows uh, that we'll go through run, real quickly here. My Own okay. Worst Enemy with Christian Slater as a spy. <laughs> but uh, it's in the doomed Monday at 10 slot. Monday at 10. Who, who's it up against? Is that like American Idol or something? That's or? the CSI slot. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're. It's it's sort. Of, I think I read a little bit about it. It sort of seems like a, a wanted type of, you know, the movie mm-hmm. and the comic. It's it sort of sounded like that. I know they kind of want to capitalize on the whole twenty four and Jason Bourne type of thing. But. Right. Right. And and I mean, it, it does sound interesting, but at the same time, they canceled my favorite show uh, of this past season, Journeyman, which yes. was the Monday at ten show. So I might even just boycott Monday at 10 just for the hell of it. Be like, you know just, what? You know what? You're not, you, you, you canceled the show I wanted to watch at Monday at 10, so I'm not going to watch this. Yeah, I loved Journeyman. Loved, uh, you know, glad that the last episode they kind of, you know, were able to, to you know, cap it off a little bit. Right. Definitely something, um, definitely when that comes out on DVD, the first and only season. I, it's definitely on my to-buy list. Oh, hell yes. Hell yes. I agree with that entirely. I'm going to watch that over and over again. Uh, we got the Island Adventure Caruso, which is based on the, uh, obviously, on the Robinson Caruso, uh, you know, story. That's on Fridays at 8. Uh, might be might be interesting. It's another Island series. <laughs> you can't go, obviously, ABC has not gone wrong with that, so they might as well try it. Because we're lost on an island. It's one of my favorite things when that one person did the 80s uh, theme song for Lost. <laughs> I have not seen that. You'll have to send me the link. I'll, have to, I'll put it in the show notes for everybody. Uh, okay, great. Mo- Molly Shannon's got a sitcom called Kath and Kim starting. I heard that's a, a big Australian show that they're remaking. Yes, yes it is actually. And uh, so that's why I'm immediately thinking, oh, they're trying to make another office. That's terrific. Yeah. Well, it's we got the office because of it, so yeah. But before that, we had coupling, right? <laughs> which didn't exactly turn out well, <laughs> and uh, like the it crowd, which was going to happen this season, but ended up not happening. Thank God, because they would have ruined it. You think? Oh yeah. Even even though they had the uh, the actual like uh, the the guy who uh, plays uh, one of the characters in the it crowd was going to be on the actual like American version. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it, I don't think it would have worked. It wouldn't have worked well enough for me. I'm sorry. I like the original. I'm just going to stick with that. I heard they wanted to try and make remake Top Gear for America. Really? Which I don't know if you're familiar with Top Gear. Yeah. They they show it on BBC America. Mm-hmm. Um, but like they, I'd heard they wanted to get like maybe Leno 
or Jerry Seinfeld, you know, people who are known for their cars mm-hmm. and buying all that stuff. Interesting. So, huh. yeah, I, mean, I don't know how how interested Seinfeld will be after his rollover accident, oh, but boy. you know, yeah, I, I heard about that. And my mom tells me, and I'm like, yeah, it would have been bad for his career had he died. <laughs> so, uh, yay or nay on the remake of Knight Rider Wednesdays at eight? I saw the the backdoor pilot. I guess you could call it TV movie. Mm-hmm. I thought it was okay. I didn't. It wasn't horrible. But I, you know, I've always had a soft spot in my heart for those types of, you know, kind of crime, helping people dramas. You know, like The Equalizer and A Team and yeah. and all those '80s goofy chips and Dukes of Hazard and <laughs> the you know all that stuff. I mean, I when I was a kid, that was what I lived and breathed on. So it's kind of hard to badmouth a lot of the stuff now that I'm older, even though I don't right. watch it. But, uh, you know, I'll give it a try. I'll give it a try, definitely. It it was okay. Uh, What they need to do is they need to actually give more personality to the main character. And uh, whatever they do, uh, don't use David Hasselhoff too much. Right. Like, you know, limit the David Hasselhoff. Have him be on every now and then, but don't have him be on every episode because you're just going to ruin the mystique of the old show that way. Unless, of course, he's writing Kit. Exactly. That's the thing I was going to say when you mentioned it was what happened to the original kit, mm-hmm. you know, is he, is he David Hasselhoff's laptop now? I mean, you know, did they take, a, <laughs> they took, did they take a, they took him out of the car. Is he like a, you know, is he, is well, he like in a mini Cooper or what? Well, Night Rider 2000 and Night Rider 3000 didn't actually happen or whatever it was Night Rider 2010. That's like separate continuity, I guess. So uh, te- I technically those. we don't want, we don't know what happened to kit, but I certainly hope they get uh, Mr. Feeney back to voice him. Definitely, that would be great. Yeah, not. Oh, I hate Val Kilmer. Don't get me started on that. Should have been Will Arnett, damn you. All right, <laughs> but uh, we got a new drama, The Philanthropist, and uh, we got uh, my own worst enemy's time slot being filled by that. And uh, two others are premiering: Ian McShane in Kings, and Merlin, as well as the reality show America's Toughest Jobs. I don't care about that, but Merlin. Is that actually going to be about Merlin? We don't know. Yeah. And I think the King's one is, is that the David and Goliath kind of remake? I think so. Yeah. I'm but it's set in modern times. Mm-hmm. It's set in I, that. I don't understand. That's something that confuses the heck out of me. Which... Well, that's like Jack and Bobby. You know, oh, like, yeah. like that same sort of thing where like uh, they, they're t- telling the story of JFK in today. <laughs> that's, right. that's why it was so weird. It's like, hey, one of these people is going to be president. And I'm like. If they're called Jack and Bobby. I think I know which one's going to be it. You know, Ian McShane was awesome, obviously, in Deadwood. So I'm going to give it, you know, I'll watch the first couple episodes, see what it's about. Just see how they do it. Right. You know, set it up. It seems amazing. So we'll see how it, lo- how it looks. I certainly hope it looks good. We got returning shows. Obviously, I'll just run through them real quick. 30 Rock, Medium, The Office, Celebrity Apprentice, Ugh, <laughs> Life, Chuck, Heroes, Dateline, Meh. Uh, deal or no deal, my name is Earl. America's Got Talent. Last Comic Standing, Nashville Star, uh, the American Idol for Hicks. Uh, the Biggest Loser, American Gladiators, the American Gladiators for Hicks. Uh, SNL, ER, Law and & Order, and Law and & Order SVU, but not SUV. Huh. Yeah, a lot of uh, reality shows in there. Um, what else is new? I, what do you think of Medium? I love Medium. Is- it's a great show. Yeah. Yeah, um, I like it. I like it too. The the writing 
some of those episodes and and I never really pay attention to writers mm-hmm. um, just like in regular shows that I happen to be watching but you know I'm gonna TiVo those those uh, reruns and there's a couple episodes where the end of the episode happens and you're just like wow yeah you know who is the person who wrote that and you know let's give him a a contract and let's get him writing a show because that episode was amazing. Yeah. Uh, some of the, some of the writers on that are very, very good. And they, um, they managed to write the, I, I'd say one of the best relationships on television because they're, yes. they're, they're one of the most believable married couples I've ever seen. Yes, exactly. With the kids juggling all that stuff, you know, it's not like a soccer mom mm-hmm. type of thing, you know, where she's like, Oh, let's go to, I'm taking you to soccer. And I love how the girls, have dreams also. Right, right. And and they're part of the show. It's not just, you know, they they just happen to have kids and they don't talk about them at all. You know, they're part of the show, which I think is great. Yeah. And, uh, well, the ones that aren't coming back, uh, Scrubs, which, you know, is not dead because it's probably going to end up on ABC, people are saying. That's funny. I just love that where somebody else, you know, your show wasn't good in our – your show's not good enough for our network – and then knock, knock on the door. Uh-huh. It's it's the other network saying, hey, you know what? We love your show and we want you to come to our well, network. Most importantly, the network that funds the show in the first place, the network that created the show. It's airing on NBC, but it's being done by, by ABC's production network. That's just funny. Yeah. So that's the way it works. And Scrubs is now gonna, just going to probably end up moving on to ABC for another season. And I say more power to it because the show's still good. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, that's the thing is, is, you know, when you get that call of death from the network or from the production company, and that was it. I mean, you know, obviously, Star Trek was able to, you know, the mail campaign and all that, that was the historical. But nowadays, you're pretty much done. Obviously, Jericho being special circumstance type of thing. But now, along yeah, now that they're dead again, but now with the whole with the broadband, you know, with the internet and people there's all these different avenues mm-hmm. to continue that stuff. And stuff that, you know, with the DVD sales, people are like, "Oh, well, if we just had one more season, then, you know, the DVD sales would be this, so we're going to go ahead and do it even though it's up against American Idol and we're going to have a full season." You know, stuff like that, you know, I would I'd hope that Journeyman would be able to come back. Yeah. Um, Maybe on what's, the Sci-Fi Channel. That would have been nice. Criminal Intent not being shown on NBC, but mm-hmm. but being shown on USA and NBC getting the the repeats, which was foresight to, for them to do that mm-hmm. with the writer strike. You know, in January. Oh, look, we have all new episodes of Criminal Intent that were on. <laughs> USA that only like two people, two million people saw in USA, but we show it on NBC and 10 million people watch it. And guess what? We can say in every promo for every show, we've got new shows and everybody else doesn't because they didn't think ahead. And you uh, know. how about the fact that Friday Night Lights is going to premiere on, on DirecTV, Channel 101. Love that show. Oh, yeah. Love that show. I, it's, it's a show I caught maybe two episodes of so far. I'm going to have to get the rest on Netflix and just catch up because I, I'd be very interested in seeing that on DirecTV when it airs because I have DirecTV and I'll get to see it in HD, so yay. The first season, you know, if you get it on DVD, it's, it's a perfect 
it's a perfect season. You know, you get those, you know, you have that perfect, like Matrix, perfect movie, don't talk about two and three. You know, Star Wars, the, the you know, four through six, perfect trilogy, don't talk about one, two, one, two, three. Season one, just perfect, just perfect, a great, and if they had canceled it then, it would have been fine. Season two, you know, they stumbled a little bit, but now that they are, you know, they know that this is how it's going to be direct TV and they'll reshow the everything on, on, you know, here it is NBC again, coming up with alternate avenues, the shows people love, the shows that critics love, you know, being made and they get first crack after direct TV airs them. I mean, it's direct TV is going to air them. That means nobody on the cable systems are going to get it. Yeah. I would assume. Mm-hmm. And so in January, you know, 20 million, everybody in the network, it's a brand new show for NBC. Sure. And it's, yeah. it's perfect. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Yeah. You know, I can't say enough about how smart and this is an oxymoron, how smart these network executives <laughs> seem to seem to be after the, you know, because of the writer strike during the writer strike. And now after the writer strike, here's hoping they stay smart. Uh, Definitely. Well, they were smart to do one thing. And that's uh, two shows got canceled in the NBC network, uh, one on Sci-Fi Channel and one on NBC. Flash Gordon is canceled and Bionic <laughs> Woman is canceled. I kind of liked – I liked the girl in Bionic Woman. I didn't really like the show and I never watched Flash Gordon. I, so. re- I refused to watch Bionic Woman because uh, uh, Washington was on it, Isaiah Washington, because after after the racist comments and, and – uh, well, it wasn't even racist. Just like after the comments he made about gays, I, mm-hmm. I was like, you know what? I'm not supporting the fact that you got on a new show so quickly. So, yeah. no. No, no. you can call him racist. You can call it racist. Yeah. You can call it racist. Yeah. And Amnesia, one, 1 versus 100, and of course, Journeyman are not coming back. But let's talk real quickly about the one show that wasn't mentioned here, and that is the Office spinoff that's happening. Uh, what do you think it's going to be? I don't, I don't know. I mean, I guess is. They closed the other office that the one guy went to, right? Right. What do you think it's going to – I have no idea. I have a, I really- the, I have a theory actually. Um, this sh- one show was being worked on by uh, Greg Daniels uh, who you know, obviously does The Office. And I believe he picked it up. It was, a, it was like a UK show or something like that about a, 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 a woman I think it was that goes from America to teach – uh, like the Indian uh, tele- like telemarketers, how to do mm-hmm. the job. So I think it might actually be a Kelly spinoff. Really? I think they're going to take Kelly and they're going to put her into a like like one of the outsourced places, and she's going to be teaching them how to work in the office. That'll be funny. Yeah, that sounds funny. Yeah, I, I mean, I'd, I'd love to see it. I can't see them breaking off like one of the main characters and having, you know, like somebody else be the head of like another office, right. you know, and all of that hilarity ensues. Hopefully it's not something like that. Obviously the people who write and who have taken over the office, you know, from the original creators of the English, uh, you know, obviously it's a great show, so they know what they're doing. So I'm very interested to see what, what happens is that going to start right in the fall or are they uh, think in January? I believe mid-season. I believe mid-season. So, so I, I think it starts in January. Uh, if not, then February or something like that. Well, I can't, I can't wait. 
Yeah. I can't wait. I mean, the more the merrier. Yeah, definitely with, you know, the the writer's strike really affected a lot of people. And it was very very hard. Uh, But now everybody's back. And we're happy. (laughs) Do we want to run through the list of when everything comes back and how many episodes? Or do you want to do something? I I think that's kind of easy enough to find online. Uh, If anybody anybody does, there's actually a really easy list to go to at ain'titcoolnews.com. They have a nice rundown of when things are returning in April and when they're going to return otherwise if they're not returning. How about we move on to some other TV news that that you happened upon? Okay, here we go. Other news today out of New York was the Cartoon Network up front. And uh, I guess George Lucas made an appearance with uh, the Clone Wars film and animated series coming later this year. Uh, A lot of people are excited about that. I was not excited about it uh, (laughs) because I was not a big fan of the films and I was not a big fan of the the animated series that came out. Um, But I ended up seeing some stuff at WonderCon with everybody's favorite uh, Steve Stan suite. And uh, it looked, it actually looked really, really good. So I'm looking forward to this. It'll, it'll be TiVo'd and um, cross your fingers. I'll give it. A, yeah, exactly. Cross your fingers, George. Don't let me down <laughs> again. I guess the other big announcement was the new Batman series, Brave and Bold. Which it looks like they want to skew to some younger kids. Mm-hmm. Um, Which is interesting and, because I think it's going to be on Friday nights. That I th- it's is it during Friday nights? Yeah, well, it's like the uh, if I remember correctly, I think I think yeah, it does say they are something about that. I thought I, I thought I saw it inside the actual article itself. Yeah, the article I have up doesn't really talk about about the Batman one too much, but I know that it's it's uh, it's teaming them up with a few different uh, DC Comics superheroes and also the new version of Blue Beetle, which you know I guess they want to kind of put him front and center for the series. Mm-hmm. And so I did actually it does just, find look- out, just find online, by the way, just just to break in for a minute here, that it is going to be part of a, fri- of a Friday night action adventure block. Uh, Star oh, okay. Wars and Batman: Brave and the Bold will be on that together. Together, yeah. Okay, continue. Okay, so uh, like I said, it looks like it's skewing a little younger. I don't know. I don't have any information. I don't know if you have anything in your article about who is doing the show running. Mm-hmm. I, I don't. I think don't they've think actually announced that yet. I don't think it's Bruce Tim, yeah. um, but it, de- it definitely it seemed you know everybody's kind of going crazy for Brave and the Bold lately, so we'll see how it looks. Right, Green Arrow. Yeah, with this, with this, exp- with the, it it looks like he's got some sort of exploding arrow, or uh, I think it would have been better if he had his his boxing glove arrow <laughs> in the promo. Well, he's also Sans uh, facial hair. It's the old school Green Arrow. Oh, yeah. I hadn't noticed that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's more the uh, Silver Age Green Arrow there, along with the Silver Age Batman. So it's interesting to have yeah. a new character like Blue Beetle along those two. Yeah, I'm look, reading the, real quick the Star Wars TV animated show. It looks like it's focusing on an 11-year-old girl who's a Padawan apprentice to Anakin. Yes, that's exactly what it's doing, and that's why some people are like, what, he had a Padawan? 
Yeah, but the other thing too is like he killed all those Padawans. So yes. I mean, ultimately in the film, does that mean that he kills this eleven-year-old girl? I, I guess you know so. that is just, or does she? You know, yeah. that's sort of weird to me. I know. I think actually, it's it's Ahsoka is the Padawan. I believe which, so. Okay, is that is that not? I don't know if that's the character from the third one where. You know how Lucas put him and himself and his family in the film. Yeah, I don't know if that's one. Of, if that's his daughter, his stepdaughter, or his daughter or not. I'm Anyways, not sure about that, but I'm sure that somebody who knows more about Star Wars can probably school us on it if they need to. Yeah, tell us on the forum. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, well moving on from uh, from Star Wars uh, to Dig.com for a minute. I'm a huge user of Dig.com. In fact, a lot of the stories I actually get come from Dig.com. I'll admit, but. They're on my homepage. (laughs) One thing in particular uh, caught my interest recently. Uh, Dig is going to start suggesting stories to people, similar to the way that uh, when you go to Amazon.com, you get like the you might also like that sort of thing. That's what's going to be happening with Dig.com now. Well, I think if it, I mean, does it read what you read? I mean, does it know what you read? And so it's like, okay, we'll suggest this to you, you know, sort of like you said, like Amazon. I mean, I guess that's good. Okay. I well, mean, I don't know. Here, here's the exact thing that, that, that uh, Kevin said. Uh, so okay. when you dig a story that already has 3,000 digs, you have no idea who the other 2,999 people are. What else are they digging? So dig will make connections and introduce you to other stories that might interest you. Some of them might not even be popular yet. They'll make those connections by, amongst other things, following the so-called pressure users. The users that have an eye for good content. Based on their dig behavior, the team can make better recommendations. So dig suggests is an upcoming feature. If you can't wait for that service to arrive, you might want to try the dig suggest web app. So that, that's mm. exactly what it's going to be doing. They're going to take the big diggers that, I guess, dig similar stories to you and connect you to those similar stories. Yeah, I guess just another uh, tab on my bookmarks that uh, will be added in the coming weeks. <laughs> right. I, I mean, it sounds fun. I mean, it, you know, like I said, it, it does remind me a little bit of the Amazon thing. It reminds me a little bit of what Facebook does, too, where you're going to be able to, like, I guess maybe see what other people are digging. Like, on Facebook, you get the 1,200 messages of, like, you know, like, like Jim is no, is no longer dating such and such. Uh, you know, Jim went to the mall this morning. Or, you know, Jim yeah. is apathetic. <laughs> I think Netflix does something similar, you know, with their recommending movies and they kind of figure out what you like by what your ratings are. And then, um, you know, they have the Netflix friends, which uh, is a little weird to me because then people can see what you're renting, which, you know, I think is kind of personal if you're renting, you know, if you're some big gruff guy and you're renting romantic comedies all the time and, and uh, you know, people can see what you're renting but i mean i don't have any anything to hide so uh i know they have the net they have the netflix friends going on uh on a thread on the forum and everybody's kind of friending each other so netflix prawn yeah exactly oh boy (laughs) i'm just watching anime so no big well why why don't we go from uh from dig to rickroll Oh, yes. I was very confused about the whole Rick Rickroll phenomenon. Never going to give Because I had not. A, never going <laughs> to Oh, God. Yeah, I remember when that was a big uh, hit on the radio back in the 80s. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I got, I, got, I got hit by somebody on the forum. Um, I think it was actually uh, 
one of the maybe not safe for work things and it's like oh I'll click on this and see him bam there he is singing so it's like what the heck is going on here well actually actually my, my favorite one was uh Koate on the amazing spider cast forums uh wink, wink to uh like like want want to see Jokasada get dunked click here and it, it was from the dunk you know supposed to be the dunk tank from uh from right Megacon. from Megacon but instead it was never gonna give you a, never gonna see oh my goodness yeah. So he's he's aware of it, right? Uh, yeah. Rick Astley. Mm-hmm. I bet he's loving it. I'm sure he's getting uh, the airplay. I heard, isn't he one of the uh, guys in one of those '80s tours that that is touring? You know, they tour with like three other bands or something like that, and make lots of money from all the all the people who loved him in the '80s. Uh, you know, I think he might be. Well, do you have the uh, do you have the actual uh, link up the uh, the wired link that I sent you? Because uh, uh, they've got a block quote there from uh, from Rick Axley that you could probably read. That he says, yeah. Okay, here we go. Uh, Rick Astley off of the Wired uh, article. Um, it looks like they just quoted him from a different article. Uh, it says, I'm aware of it, obviously, and I've had various friends over the last, I don't know, six months or maybe more email me a link and stuff like this. And YouTube has been on to me about it as well. Not me directly, but my manager of the last 20 years. It's weird, really, because I don't perform much anymore. I do the occasional thing. I'm going to do a few gigs later this year with some other people from the 80s, and it's a bit of fun. But I'm not out there every week doing something to do with my former career. So it's a little bit strange. Uh, it's a bit strange anyway, to be honest, to have videos of me when you're a young guy out on the internet. Do you know what I mean? I'm 42 years old now, so it's a little bit weird anyway, but it's funny. It makes me laugh. I'm sure it really annoys a lot of other people, but it, but it's made me laugh occasionally. (laughs) That's great. I'm glad to see he's taking it in stride. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he just seems like, you know, one of those guys who made it big in the eighties for a little while and he's living his life and you know, everybody's going crazy. Yeah. for it that's funny yeah. i saw i saw one of them where it was at a basketball game uh i don't know if it was a high school or you know a junior college or something and you know it was supposed to be i think it was a planned event but the guy you know he it was uh he ran onto the court you know during halftime and stole the microphone and started doing the song and everybody's like what the heck's going on and and other people who knew what was going on were dancing and screaming and yelling and people had signs that say you've been rick rolled and stuff so <laughs> just hilarious stuff you know that it's like moved into the real world yeah. you know off of the internet and rick rolling scientology which was, which was of course fun when uh <laughs> in, in the scientology uh you know like protest Somebody with a uh, a megaphone and a ju- and a boombox started playing uh, "Never Gonna Give You Up," and now that's like the unofficial theme song for the anonymous group. Well, I think um, I think we should come up with a new '80s song and start doing well, that. See, I, I had actually I had already thought of it. Actually, uh, how about give a little respect? I tried to discover. A little something to make things sweeter, you know. A, a, a little, a little respect. That, that sounds good. That you give me, you know. That you give me, you know. That you. Give I like me, how that you give me, you no know, soul. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I most, I mostly know it from that damn Scrubs episode where it got stuck in everybody's head. <laughs> At least it's like still in '80s, and it's a British song, so I yeah. think that would work. I think that would work. And it was covered by Ween. 
Oh, we'll have to see who who comes up with the next one. You know <laughs> where it starts and stuff. Yeah, but we'll we'll, we'll definitely link to the uh, Wired interview because that's that's a lot of fun. And actually, one of my favorite April Fool's jokes from this year was when uh, Amazon UK, uh, excuse me, not Amazon UK, YouTube UK linked all of their front page videos, their featured videos, all linked to Rickroll. That's classic. That is great. Yes. (laughs) All right. Well, moving on from there, uh, some some two quick uh, bits of information here for you. Uh, If you're a fan of iPhones and you're a fan of hacking your iPhone, uh, you might have a new friend out there called the iPhone Dev Team's Pwnage Tool. Yes, it's actually called Pwnage. what it allows you to do, no, you're not pwning your iPod. Instead, what you're doing is you're actually able to put any firmware you want onto your iPhone, which is going to help you out because if you ever want to use a, a firmware that's not supported by, you know, say one thing, you can just downgrade and go with that previous firmware so you can continue to use your, your new apps and old apps and so on and so forth. So if you want to find that out, uh, you can just go straight to their website uh, at the iphonedev.org. And, uh, yeah, I mean, this looks pretty good for iPhone users. Yeah, I'm an actual iPhone user. Uh, I haven't, I've never jailbroken my phone. I mean, that type of stuff always scares me that I'll brick it or something like that. Right. Uh, but this one looks, I mean, it's the easiest by far to, you know, get other stuff on your phone. Oh yeah. Um, but I don't know. We'll see what happens. Um, you know, the next six months obviously for the iPhone is going to be, uh, some interesting, you know, the, the the rumored 3G phone coming out, um, 2.0 for the for the firmware. Yeah. So, whole bunch it's, of good stuff come down the pipeline. Exactly. Everybody's waited with uh, bated breath, so we'll see what happens. Yeah, and going with with mobile phones yet again, uh, just to another story here, real quickly. And this was not an April Fool's stunt. This was actually real. T-Mobile sued in Gadget Mobile. Because they in, they actually infringed on their copyright of the color magenta. That is great. That is a great story. <laughs> so, for a full day, they cha- uh, in Gadget uh, Mobile changed their their background to be magenta, and they had multiple other sites support them in this endeavor. They're like, we're not changing our freaking logo. I mean, how could you co- copyright a color? Yeah, I mean the audacity of this company to say this is us. And, you know, we're, no one else can do it. It's just, it's, it boggles the mind. Yeah. Boggles the mind. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean the, the question is asked right on this, right in this, uh, on this one address that I'll be forwarding, you know, putting in the show notes. Uh, you know, Ed, can we really register a color? <laughs> that is just great. That is, that's one of those, like, what are they thinking stories? I know. Tell me about it. And what is Circuit City thinking? Yeah, that's something. I mean, you know, those big box stores. I mean, they're they're you know, that's the thing is their discounts are great, and you want to go in there and and not support them, but you get a story like this, and it just scares the heck out of you. Where they have apparently the guy brought in his car to get installed the navigation system, and Circuit City caused twelve thousand dollars worth of damage oh, to his car. God. I mean, how could you even do that much damage? Just ripping, just like, I guess I was looking, reading the story and the Honda, Honda later declared his car a fire hazard and told him it was unsafe to drive. Oh, no. 
destroying the car's heater ducts, stock wiring, harness, and dashboard. Circuit City has only refunded $3,100 and insists <laughs> that he needs to speak to their third-party insurer. Yeah, translation, uh, we didn't do it, we swear, but you did all the work. Uh, it was him? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, the story, it's on the consumerist. You'll have to uh, put a link on the show notes because there's actual there's, – there's a YouTube video – of the bill and like all the damage that they did. So be careful when you go to Circuit City in getting stuff installed stereo wise over there. I, uh, more like just don't go to Circuit City to get your stuff installed <laughs> because this might happen to you. Yeah, they're in trouble anyways. So uh, yeah, they well, might be going out of business anyways. Gee, I wonder why. Huh? I highly that, wonder why. I guess now we know. That great customer service. And, uh, <laughs> hey, do you want to appear in the next Guitar Hero? Uh, you know, I'm not too uh, – I don't think I would translate very well to a video game, but, you know, you never know. Well, Activision is scouring the internet for the hardest rocking mortal to feature in the next Guitar Hero. That's the actual press release. <laughs> what? The, the right planets have finally aligned. The time has come for the world's rock messiah to come forth and offer up face-melting salvation to the masses. Wait, I need to do this in like a, like a death clock voice, I think. Like, Activision <laughs> is looking to finally crown the one true guitar hero and create a character in his or her likeness to be featured in the next guitar hero. See, I just love this because it doesn't seem like they want to have somebody who's actually good at guitar hero. <laughs> yeah. You know, because I think those types of situations, it always seems to be like an eight-year-old girl who is the best, who is the best guitar hero player ever. You know, you have like the tournaments, and I've have you seen that? I can't remember the Halo, one of the Halo tournaments from a couple years ago, where like an eight-year-old girl won because she played all the time. Yeah, stuff like that, where it's like I'm sure that's what they didn't want to have happen. They want some rock star-looking guy, and it's like, oh, send us your video of you playing guitar hero and you might be on the video game i mean i don't think they need any more you know they don't need any more publicity i mean they're they've got a very good game the songs are great everybody knows that you know but it's just it's one of those things to get people excited about the next version i mean the next version is going to sell millions of copies anyways but oh, sure yeah it's it'll be fun it sounds like a fun thing <laughs> Definitely. So if you want to try and get yourself to be a part of uh, Guitar Hero, I'll have a link to the Kotaku blog on the uh, show notes, and you can take your link from there to the actual press release for Rockstar. Uh, Let's go from uh, Rockstar to iTunes, shall we? Oh, yeah. The great uh, iTunes and Steve Jobs. Uh, I guess this was a story on Ars Technica, which... um, you know, take it what you will. A lot of people don't like our ARS Technica. Uh, but it looks like Apple has passed Walmart as the number one music retailer in the U.S. So online music has now trumped brick and mortar. And all is right with the world. Thank you, Steve Jobs. <laughs> yes, well, uh, good for them. And uh, let's see whether or not it lasts, because it's one thing to actually oh. pass them, but will it continue to pass them? Yeah. Well, I think um, you know they. Well, I think when they first started, you know, Apple was like four, fifth, or sixth, and very slowly, you know, every every six months when they come out with a new 
email or whatever, and it's like Walmart. It was Target. You know, they they passed Borders and Circuit City and Barnes and Noble, and then and now uh, you know they've they've taken down uh, they've taken down Walmart. We are number one. We're yep. number one. Yeah, I'm sure they're having a nice party now. <laughs> <laughs> I've got an iPhone and an iPod, so oh, yeah. that's where I, that's how I buy all my music. Well, uh, I, I have actually, now that I, I mean, I have a Zenvision M, and uh, I used to have the software that was allowed, you know, that was able to uh, decrypt the iTunes songs. And, uh, well, uh, Apple went after them, cease and desist finally. They're no longer allowed to link to their own work. And the most recent iTunes breaks the software. Yeah, I'm kind of no longer going to be using iTunes for my downloading needs. Oh, well, that's too bad. One of us. One of us. Hey, Amazon, One of us. Amazon is DRM-free and better quality and for the exact same price. So I think I'm gonna, just going to go Amazon from now on. Just like you, Ian, to go against the grain. <laughs> yeah, me and my Zen Vision M. Enough said. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, it's a good it's a good player, I swear. All right. And okay. one, one last story for you here, the silly one of the bunch. Uh it, there's actually a blog out there, uh well, not a blog, but boston.com goes into the mystery. Joshua Glenn of boston.com goes into the mystery of whether or not the song Iron Man by Black Sabbath is actually about Iron Man. Huh, well, I mean, that Black Sabbath that Ozzy, right? Yes. Ozzy, uh, so I don't know what Ozzy was doing. So much drugs back then. Who knows what? Who knows what he was thinking? I could see him reading Iron Man comics and going, "Oh, I'm going to do a song about this." Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, like, uh, well, my favorite part. You know what? I, I am going to have to play a little bit of this just for the hell of it. Uh, my favorite part is the the theme song for the '90s Iron Man cartoon right here. Just so you can see <laughs> that even Marvel is trying to make you get convinced that Black Sabbath. Iron Man is about Iron Man. Great. Gee, I wonder where they got I am Iron Man from. Yeah, wow, that was that was that was pretty blatant there. <laughs> A little bit, yeah, just a little bit, just a little, little bit. And this was the second season, too. That wasn't even their, their original uh, theme song. They went to that in the second season. Well, the trailer for the the film looks great, and, you know, you see some of those scenes where he's blowing up tanks and stuff, and then they start the music, and it's and it just sounds great. Oh, I mean, yeah. obviously, it's a great song. I mean, I was making fun a little bit, but it's a great song. It's one of those great songs. Oh, sure, yeah. Um, and... It just fits so well with with what Favreau seems to want, and I guess he personally talked to Sharon and everything, and got the rights to the song so they could play it. and And hopefully, it's it's going to be a big part of the film. You know, like some action sequence, they'll be playing the whole thing, oh, sure. and they just didn't get it for the trailer. Hopefully, right? I I, I almost guarantee you that it's going to be in the movie at some point. I mean, uh, the fact that Sharon wrote off on it pretty much guarantees it'll be in there so um, I'm, I'm happy to see that they actually went that route and got the original song because it would have been wrong not to have iron man without iron man you know if they had some one of these up-and-coming bands covered it or something it would have been it would have definitely not been as good oh you mean like when uh when aerosmith did the spider-man theme song <laughs> let's not talk about that 
<laughs> I've I've burned that from my memory, so I have no recollection of what you're talking about. Uh-huh. Likely story, <laughs> sir. Likely story. All right, you, you want to move on to the music? Uh, yeah, let's go for it. All right, sweet. Here we are with uh, some uh, geek music for you. Okay, so yeah, we are ready for the music. Obviously, this is all the usual stuff, the same old Podsafe music we usually go for. And, well, Troy was lucky enough to find one of his favorite bands on Podsafe. So what do you got for us? Uh, the band I have chosen for, as that's on Podsafe, it's, they're an indie band called Mates of State, a husband and wife. And uh, they actually recently just had a couple of kids. Uh, and they tour constantly. Uh, what song did you pick? For I went with your suggestion, actually. I, w- I went with ho- okay. uh, hoarding. Uh, what is that? Hoarding it for home. Yeah, hoarding it for home. Great song. Um, what, he plays the drums, and she plays organ slash keyboards. The U.S. constantly, and uh, like I said, they just had a couple of kids in the last two years. She just had uh, the, the the girl. I'm, I'm sorry, I don't know their names offhand. I probably should have gotten that. They, uh, you can look them up on matesestate.com, and they also have a, a blog on Babel Blog called Band on the Diaper Run, which okay. is hilarious <laughs> because they take their kids with them. You know, they originally they had their first daughter, who's I believe going to turn four, and so they were taking her on tour with them, and you know, all the stories and the great stuff. Um, from them being on tour, it's all there. She she posts all the time on the blog, so it's not one of those blogs where they don't post for six months and you totally forget about it. Right. But it's a great song, great album. Their new album is coming out. It's called Rearrange Us. It's going to hit stores May twentieth, and uh, they will be touring directly after that. So sweet. All right, let's well, give a listen. Exactly. Here we are with uh, Mates of State. So listen good.
There you go. There's Mates of State. Sounded, sounded great. Sounded great. I, I suggest everybody go to their Podsafe page. There's a great, a second great song that they have on there called Proofs, which is about a math proof. So it kind of, it, I saw that and I'm like, okay, that's a geek speak kind of, uh, that's a geek, geek speak kind of band. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, they're actually right up my musical alley. So that, that, that works. I'm going to have to track down some of their other stuff now. It's going to make an Amazon yeah, about about, with the new REM albums. Maybe I'll include one of their other ones on there. Yeah, they got about four albums. Or the, the fourth one is coming out, so they're great. Sweet. Awesome. And uh, you said so they, what, have, they, they have a website, you said, right? Yeah, it's matesestate.com. And uh, they have a bunch of links, like I was talking about their blog. It's called the Babble, or I'm sorry, it's called Band on the Diaper Run, right. and it's on Babble Blog. So you can just go to Babble Blog and look that up, or they've got a bunch of links um, and the store there at their website. So excellent, great band, great yeah. band. What do you got for us? Well, what I got for you guys actually is something from the ocremix.org uh, that I get my opening and closing music from. I figured I'd change it up a little bit because I usually go Podsafe, Podshow, Podsafe Music Network. This time instead, let's go from there. And this is actually one of the first songs I heard from OC Remix that just made me fall in love with the site, and mostly because it's got the feel and the composition of the original piece and yet it's got an extra layer to it it's got vocals and this is by a remixer by the name of jd project and uh he's on the site he's got uh, i think this is actually his, his only remix he did for the site but uh he's got a bunch of other things joe darwish is his real name and i believe he's if you search his name online he's got a myspace page but uh jd project is the band that's doing this it's called the ken song so it's actually taken from the Street Fighter 2 Ken music. And he adds, <laughs> That's great. And he adds vocals and lyrics, and it's a lot of fun. So here we are, JD Project, with the Street Fighter 2 theme song, the Ken song.
All right, there you have it. There is Jamie wow, they were Project. great. Yeah, no, they're they're <clears> totally <throat> awesome, and I, plenty of other stuff like that you can find on ocremix.org that are right up your alley. And uh, again, some of it, some of it's uh, instrumental, and some of it's lyrics, and they usually do a decent job with the lyrics. I just love that how the you know all these popular songs now are going to start, you know, all these kids who are growing up with the video games, you know, and anime and all the geek stuff. They're going to start singing. You know, these kids now are going to be the rock stars of tomorrow, and they're going to start singing about this stuff. Oh yeah, and it's going to be it's it's and bands like that. That was great. So I can't wait to hear. I'm going to have to really kind of go through that site and listen to some of the good stuff that's on there. Definitely, and there's a bunch of good stuff. And like I said, you can go to myspace.com uh, and just search for JD Project, or, or just do a Google search for JD Project, and you'll find their MySpace page. Because I got a couple other songs on there that aren't game, video game related that are pretty good, and uh, actually, I'll recommend two songs to you right off the bat, and I might even send them to you if I can. But uh, there's a band called Ozma, O Z M A. That's like my favorite oh. band. And no, I, I Battle Scars is one of the best rock songs ever made. Thank Natalie you. Portman. Thank Natalie you. Port. Oh my. <laughs> Natalie Portman. Let me. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm just amazed that somebody else knows who Ozma is. Thank you. Oh, let me, let me tell. I've got a quick little Ozma story here. Okay. Um, me and my buddy Michael, um, we we drove to L.A. specifically to see the Get Up Kids uh-huh. and Weezer mm-hmm. at the Palladium uh, in Los Angeles in Hollywood. Uh-huh. And we got there. Early, you know, we were, we didn't know where we were in Hollywood. We wanted to get there early. We stood in line. We did. You know, we didn't want to miss anything. We got there, and uh, opening band Ozma. Who the heck is Ozma? I don't know. They play. You know, they got the keyboards going, and it's like, what the heck is going on? And my my good friend Michael's like, I hate this band. <laughs> and of course, we had. You know, Weezer had just started coming back, just started playing, and it's like, well, let's and Get Up Kids are my favorite band. So, and they were touring. They played like two songs in L.A., one song in or one show in Santa Monica, one in San Diego. Mm-hmm. So it's like, well, let's go and be nerds and geeks and go and see them at all these shows. And of course, Ozma opened for them at all these shows, and by the fourth show that we had seen. He was in love with them. He's like <laughs> that song "Battle Scars" is the best song ever made. Oh yeah, we, we had we were, we were driving back to Phoenix, and he's like, "We need to stop at a Best Buy so I can buy that album, <laughs> so we can listen to the album all the way home." Uh, and I'm like, "You sure, really?" I, I certainly so, hope you own Pasadena. Uh, the is that the new one That's that just came one. out? Yeah. I don't. Okay, I, I don't have it. I actually just saw them. They played live. Last year I on was, their tour I, for I was, I, I was on their New York. I was at their New York uh, stop on a tour, and I'm actually on the Ozma fans forums also. <laughs> that is great. You know, they broke up for a while, yes, which they broke did, my. And I was heartbroken. <laughs> yeah, it broke our hearts too, and then they came back. You know, it's one of those like, oh, we're going to break up, and then six months later they get back mm-hmm. together without like the guitarist or uh, somebody. It was the drummer was, this time. It was uh, oh. yeah, uh, Patrick, their drummer, uh, left the group, and Ken Shane is the new uh, drummer. Yeah, so I saw them actually twice last year when they toured on that album. So yeah, I saw them great show. for the first time actually opening up for Weezer <laughs> at, <laughs> at at the Meadowlands Convention Center. It was uh. Ozma saves the day and Weezer, and Ozma. Was oh the first wow, to that's go a good on. show. 
Yeah, it was a good show. It was a good show. I wasn't that I wasn't that big on Staves Today, but uh, Ozma I loved. And then I, Weezer came on, and I'm like, I like Ozma so much better than Weezer now. Yeah. And I turned to my that's then girlfriend, and she's like, I agree. Yeah, I mean that's that's the bad thing when when you go to a show and the opening band mm-hmm. is like better than the, the than the the headline. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Band, so you're like, oh, my goodness. So that's just, how it was with, with, with I, the get-up kids. Yeah, I'm just happy that I found somebody else that, that, that fell in love with Ozma almost the exact same way I did. So there, so there you oh, go. No. And my favorite Humongous thing about Ozma. Humongous Ozma, yeah. Oh, well, that, that's brilliant. Yay. But uh, <laughs> one, one, of my, one of my favorite things also is that I found uh, – let's see. I found Rival Kaiwi through Ozma because they opened uh-huh. up for, for Ozma one, uh, one night. And uh, I forget uh, – I think Ben Queller was the closing act. And Ozma right. was was uh, opening for them, and then Rival Kylie was opening for them. So I found Rival Kylie, and then I found uh, the Good Life through a Rival Kylie concert. So it's like I'm finding all these great bands that I fell in love with afterwards, all due to the chain of events that started with Ozma. Yeah, Battle Scars, perfect rock song. Natalie Portman is a great is a great song oh yeah how did they they played very well when you saw them with uh, weezer oh, they, i mean they were amazing i mean bat, again once once battle stars hit but what sold me was tetris mm. you know when, when, yeah. they, when they played the tetris theme rock and roll i was just like this is my favorite band <laughs> yeah they're great they're great i like i said i saw them last year small club um you know and they had some opening band from California, small club. I was five feet away from the stage and they just, they blew the roof off the joint. Just amazing, amazing rock, rock and roll show. So I, I actually saw them with the rentals. Oh, that would have been, I, I, the rentals is, are, they're one of my favorite bands along with Weezer and oh, yeah. get up kids i wish he would do more stuff oh, yeah. i wish he would do more stuff well, ryan ryan from ozma actually and i know that this is like a rant that uh, is like totally nothing to do with geese whatsoever but at this point i don't even really care <laughs> yeah. just, just we'll like, edit all this out don't worry oh, about it oh no 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 this is gonna stay in <laughs> forget that editing out. people need to know the awesomeness that is ozma but uh yeah. <laughs> like uh, R- R- uh ryan actually played as the guitarist for the rentals uh, at the show i was at so he actually oh, double wow. built. He he played played a full set with Ozma, and then uh, did the rentals also, and it was just wonderful. Were any of the the hate the, was Petra or Rachel Hayden? Rachel there? was there. Petra was not. Rachel, Rachel was there. Yeah, Rachel okay. was there, which worked because Rachel does backing vocals on an Ozma song. So uh, right. she was actually able to do that song uh, the way it was originally intended, as opposed to Star singing. But Star does a great job of singing anyway. But oh god, <laughs> tangent. Got a little. Yeah, we're getting off of it. You know, get that 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 dog. Another great, another great band. Oh yeah, but uh, so from definitely. Petra and Rachel. Yes, no question. And, and Petra's uh, uh, when Petra sang the Who, that was wonderful, also. But um, anyway, uh, let's 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 end this off here. Do you have a website out of curiosity? Because uh, I'd love to be able to plug anything that you're doing. I do. I do not actually have a website, okay. um, but. I, I'm a geek, so I'm going to tell you the website that uh, me and uh, uh, my friend Josh just built in honor of my nephew who was just born, eddiejmata.com. Stick that up in your browser, okay. and uh, you can see my brand new nephew. Aww. And uh, he's actually a big Yankee fan already. <laughs> he's, his Don Maddenly's his uh, favorite uh, player, and uh-huh. he has a pretty humongous uh, – Yankee nursery. Ooh. 
So it's all it's Yankee themed nursery, uh, all the Yankee stuff on the walls, and um, maybe you can uh, get some ideas. Well, for, uh, for for most of my life until about like maybe five years ago when I finally re, re, redecorated my room, it was all Yankee posters from Yankee Magazine, which I tore out of Yankee <laughs> Magazine and just put on my wall. And uh, there's still some remaining ones here and there, like uh, some laminated pictures of uh, – well, not pictures, ra- laminated front covers from different championships I have on my wall. And uh, the Derek Jeter is still up there, but I think everything else is gone at this point. But uh, it's all been replaced. Yeah, by that's – my first foray into a website for him, I've got it. I got it for him and built it for him for uh, his birth and, and everything and probably maintain it for the next 10 or 15 years <laughs> till it's, it's ready to hand over to him. And, right. you know, he tears it down or does whatever he wants with and, it. But uh, that's pretty it much it for music, you know, exactly. No, MySpace for me. I'm, I'm <laughs> when I'm on the Internet, I'm on the forums. So uh, right. do you have a comic space or? I don't. Okay. No. Right. No. Just, just, no. Just, just out of curiosity. That's all. Okay. Uh, you know, I like to keep a low profile. Yeah. You know, I've, I'm on Netflix. If you want, go. There's a Netflix friends uh, forum thread. If you want to add me to uh, to your friends list, and I will add you. And uh, I'm on the forums. Saying, yep. say, if you want to PM me, say hi, and and um, definitely support me and vote for me. Yes. Number indeed. six. Yes, indeed. In the Geek Speak Challenge. And real quick, I just want to thank um, you, Ian, for giving me the opportunity. It's Podcasting is something I've always wanted to do, and it's been a treat to talk to you. And uh, oh. I just wanted to thank all the people on the forum, all the, all the CGS West Coast who uh, have been supporting me in my bid to become your co-host. Well, the pleasure is uh, all mine, man. I mean, this has been a lot of fun. Like, I mean, I could talk to you for hours, and uh, it's it's just uh, it's it's great to find a kindred geek spirit out there in uh, in the world who not only is a geek but also knows that Ozma exists. Yes, a great band. <laughs> yeah, there's this band called Ozma. All right, enough already. But <laughs> but definitely, man. That's. Thank you, thank you so much for being on the episode, man. And even if you don't, even if you don't win the, uh, the 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 challenge, we'll definitely have you back on at some point for a showcase spotlight. Yeah, I can't wait. Thanks for having me. Maybe we can do a music uh, spotlight on 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 un, unsung bands. Well, I, I'd certainly <laughs> love it, and I'd probably actually contact Daniel Brummel and ask him if I could use his stuff. Oh, that would be, you would. We could just interview them. Oh, I'm man. sure they would love to inter. We'd have an interview. You know, I actually had an interview with Harvey Danger once. Wow. Yeah. You, That's cool. I assume you've heard of them, right? Uh, just out of curiosity. Oh, yeah. The okay. flagpole sitter. Mm-hmm. If, if you go yep. back to Geek Speak, I think it's episode maybe six or something like that. I have a full interview with Sean Nelson on the uh, on the album he released online exclusively, uh, the Little by Little album, which is uh, available via torrent and via zip file on their website. I'll have to check that out. Yeah. HarveyDanger.com. Just to let Great. Know. All right. All right. So, yeah, I guess we're pretty much done here. So let's let's wrap this baby up. Uh, the email address for the GeekSpeak report is uh, speakgeekspeak at gmail.com. That's S-P-E-A-K, G-E-E-K-S-P-E-A-K at gmail.com. You can check us out on the comicforums.com, graciously hosted by Comic Geekspeak guys over comicgeekspeak.com. It's a sub-forum on the Comic Timing Forum, so go ahead and check that out. Music for the show is provided by the Podshow Podsafe Music Network over at music.podshow.com. And also provided by Deluxe, Pixie Tricks, Shonen Samurai, Zircon, and Jeffrey Tosser. 
and you can find their stuff and a whole lot more over at ocremix.org. And, of course, music provided by Ana Monaguchi over at myspace.com slash Ana Monaguchi. Uh, give us your iTunes reviews and podcast alley and gig and all that, and we're pretty much done. So one more thank you to you, Troy, and uh, definitely everybody out there. Make sure to vote for you. Thanks a lot, Ian. All right, and have a great week. Enjoy your geek, and we'll see you for tomorrow for the next part of the Geek Speak co-host challenge. Take care, everybody. See, that's what I that's what I need to do. I still have the original 40 gig on mine. And my friend Josh, he ha- he bought the same computer that I did about 4 or 5 months before I did and his died about a year and a half ago. Uh-huh. The screen totally went dark. Just exactly it sounds like the exact same thing. Right. But all that stuff's internal, so <laughs> he ended up buying a new laptop. <laughs> Reminds me of my old days of uh, when I had a Forma 575 Macintosh. For years, I couldn't use MP3s. I didn't know what an MP3 was. Wow. So it was like right before the major upgrade for like MP3s and stuff. Well, I had an internal CD, CD drive and not a CDR drive. And uh-huh. my disk drive, my regular <clears throat> floppy disk drive, broke. I had no way of getting stuff off the computer. <laughs> Once I reconnect the 28.8 modem right. and, and deal with that. And uh, eventually I was just like, there's nothing really that important on it. So I just got rid of it. And since then, I've been on this. Sounds good. Woot. Which, which, what's uh, the news? That would be the uh, Batman Raven of Bold. Oh, okay. Hold on. Sorry about that. Okay. I was like, what are you talking about? It's okay. I was just throwing it over to you. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm unaccustomed to your podcasting ways. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, well, you know, Mr. Co-host, if you're going to be a co-host, you have to, you have to learn these sort of things and you got to, you got to learn the cues, man. Well, I'm, I'm definitely want to be, uh, learning at the feet of the master here. So, <laughs> mm-hmm.